This is a uh, wonderful start to the evening, I think. Why is that? Well, coffee. <laughs> a fucking bag of M&M's. Coffee's good, yeah. yeah. Bag of M&M's. But well, you're not allowed any because you're on a diet, right? Yeah. Oh, you don't you don't want to talk about that here, do you? Or you're I, okay with talking I'm, about I'm that? I'm okay with talking about that, yeah. So Mainly because I, I lost almost 30 Yeah, kilos. you look amazing. <laughs> you look amazing. Thank you, Thank you very much. Thank and you. I really like that shirt. Johnny is wearing, dear listener, a Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back shirt with Darth Vader... No, oh, it's, it's, sorry, it's, it's, all, it's, of it's all of them. I it's didn't see Return of the Jedi. And it's basically, yeah, it's got it's got Darth Vader very dramatically with his hand outstretched at the very top. He's sort of encasing everything. Uh, all the words are coming, you know, sort of like in the triangular-ish kind of scrawl that you get in the Star Wars openings. Very cool. Stormtroopers yep, yep. there. It's a, it's a very cool shirt. It's a one sheet, I think, for a triple bill that they may have done in 83. Lovely shirt. Fits you very well. However. Yes. All my shirts are black or grey or one colour mm-hmm. and I don't need to fit into shit. So I'm going to eat these M&Ms. <laughs> Go for it. On the podcast. <laughs> Do whatever you like. Do you have any, any I will tell you, I've eaten so many M&Ms that I'm sort of feeling a bit weighed down by it, to be honest. Okay. So I feel like we're just going to stop. We're going to put them over there because all I'm thinking is... <laughs> 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 Ah, yeah. Let's have an episode? Yeah. What's our seat number? I don't think that I can do this intro without some kind of background music. Mm-hmm. Now, now, I'm going to say jazzy. Right, but I don't want it to be sexy jazz, right? I want it to be sort of one note boring jazz, right? No, you've put on the, the sexy jazz. Well, I guess we're just gonna have to put on the sexy I'm jazz go for with the it. Sexy then. Jazz then. But I want you to know that there is nothing sexy about this intro <laughs> that you're about to listen to. I don't want anyone turned on. I want you to be completely and utterly serious. Because that's what I am. Mm-hmm. Do this in Jeff Goldblum's voice. No. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to the podcast that has been twice referred to as Listened to a Bit. (laughs) What's our seat number? For the last 33 episodes and bonuses, this podcast has made famous the word soda for sounding like an eerie whisper in a ghost-infested mansion, brought the oh for fuck's sake with its 20-minute laugh fits, and been nominated not once, not twice, but never for its witty repartee. As the producers of this show have advised, we will be diverting from that track for today's episode. This will inevitably lead to higher numbers and more traffic, because what people love more than anything in the world is a sober reflection on the situation. We will be taking the party out of repartee. I'm Simon. I do 3D art and sometimes fall asleep on the toilet. And this is Johnny. He doesn't fall asleep on the toilet, but he does open Blu-ray boxes, shove his nose inside, and takes a long, deep sniff of the middle of the box. Come see me afterwards. I got lots of dirt on him. He makes films and stuff. Episode, colon. Okay, then. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. (laughs) 
I have a confession to make. The Indiana Jones quiz. Oh, <laughs> oh no, sorry. Really? No, I just wanted to say that I don't have any movie news because there's nothing in the news that I want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you feel that um, if we were to sort of be a little bit more serious, that we'd get higher numbers? You think if we were more no, sober? No, I, th- I and, think the opposite is true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you think that we need to be more peppy? Yes, okay. I think that we need to be more frivolous and uh, whimsical. Okay, well. <laughs> it's the Indiana Jones quiz. Excited and slightly scared. So in today's quiz, mm-hmm. I quiz quiz. Mm-hmm. I tried to think of some questions that were bumhole easy, mm-hmm. right? And some questions that were a bit of a head scratcher, right? Right. And while sort of stumped, uh, a friend checked on sort of like chat GPT, mm-hmm. right? Uh, hashtag no pogo. Right. Um, who, and, 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 and gave like, you know, a few. And I was reading through all of them and I was like, no, I know the answer to that. He's going to know the answer to that. I know the answer <laughs> to that. He's going to know the answer to that. And any question that I came across that was like, well, I don't fucking know. That was a question that I thought was worthy of challenging you with so there are only a few of those in there mm-hmm. and i think that most of them are quite doable okay right? so i'm gonna put a timer on my phone for oh, 90 shit. seconds the this same you 90 you seconds you gave me it was the least i could do for a friend <laughs> um <laughs> what was that he <laughs> just has a little bit of a <laughs> kind of yes. laugh yes um, that sounds like timothy dalton what oh yeah <laughs> i'll miss hollywood <laughs> uh it's the hollywood sign the now shut the fuck up oh, and let me do the quiz. Yes, yes, please you do, it, please do. Not I am insufferable. Reflecting soberly on the situation. I, I am not. Right. Time starts now. Question one: What type of animal is Indiana Jones scared of? Snakes. Very easy. Ding ding ding. What is Indy's full name and who was he named after? Henry Jones Jr. Who's he N- named after? Henry Jones Senior. Exactly. However. However. Well, he was named after, named himself after the dog. You get a ding, Indiana. ding, ding. There you go. Yes. Um, what Star Wars tribute was hidden in the Temple of Doom? In the Temple of Doom. Mm-hmm. Well, in the movie, not in the Temple of Doom. That's that's a that's a clue. This is question three, by the way. God, ah. this is going well, don't you think? Yeah. No, because I I know the Star Wars tribute that's in Raiders. What's the Star Wars tribute that's in Raiders? There are hieroglyphics in the Well of Souls. Oh yeah, that no, are no, no, That not that one. Oh man, I think I I think I saw something about this. No, you know this, so you know this. I, oh, Club Obi Wan. Yeah, yeah. Club Obi Wan. Sorry. Yeah. Question four. Now this one for me mm-hmm. was um, it was not a stumper, but right. it did make me think. What year is Raiders set, and what year is Temple of Doom set? Raiders is set in 1936, and Temple of Doom is set in 1935. Well done. Damn it. <laughs> Number five. Janet. <laughs> Damn it, <laughs> Janet. Why, Brad? Do you think I should? <laughs> How'd you do? I see you've met my. Please go. <laughs> He's just a little brought down because when 90, you knock. 90 seconds. Oh, that's a shame. I'll just keep going. No doubloons for you. I don't want the doubloons. I just want to answer the questions. Do you, do you understand that this is what they feel like on Nevermind the Buzzcocks? So he's just like fucking around and wasting their time. Oh. <laughs> Okay. 
<clears throat> Continuing on, we'll just pretend that the rules don't mean anything. <laughs> Everything's made <laughs> up for the, the points don't matter. What is the question five? What is the name of the Gestapo agent that burns his hand in Raiders? It's Tote. I What's believe. his first name? Arnold. I'm a, I'm a bit of a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Number six. How did Henry Jones Sr. explain to Indy that he knew Elsa was a Nazi? Uh, because he slept with her. She talks in her sleep. She talks in her sleep, actually. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Number seven. What phrase describing the point where a series gets ridiculous was coined after the Crystal Skull? Oh, it's called nuking the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> Number eight. What is the name of Indy's secretary in The Last Crusade? Oh, fuck. That is the one that, that I knew was going to fuck you. No, I, I, saw, I, I, I registered that he said a name to the, to the girl yeah. in the, when they're all like yeah, trying yeah. to... And oh. I will get to everyone in order or in turn. Like Marlene? Why is he from Texas? Is it like Marlene or something? No, but you're so fucking close. It hurts my balls. Darlene? No. Dala? No. Marla? No, you were closer with Ian. In Eileen. Maureen. Jolene, <laughs> this is like this is like that Ted scene. With the, okay, I'm gonna do a speed round. I'm gonna <laughs> lightning round. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna buzz, you buzz me. Don't fuck with me. I know this shit. I'm already. not fucking with you. See me fuck with you with Tammy, Sabrina, Andrew, <laughs> fucking Becky, fucking Becky. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so you were closer with Eileen than you were with jo- Eileen, Jolene. Uh, just, I don't know what it's is it. Irene. Irene. Okay. Okay. okay that makes sense. Mm. But you do get a. Ah, ah, okay. oh. oh yeah, the same. Ah, ah, oh, I get. That I get all the time. That's the same one. Right? <laughs> you gave me. <laughs> it was the least I could do for a friend. Number nine. Name the three challenges Indy has to get through to find the Holy Grail. In order. Okay. Do you want me to to name the the actual challenge or to describe them? I want you to name, name the them. actual okay. challenge. So the. But in Sean Connery's voice. Uh, the first one is the is the breath of God. Yeah. Uh, the second one is the word of God. Mm-hmm. The word of Jay. God. The word of God. Um, and the third one is the leap of no. It's the the. It's not the leap of faith. It involves a leap of faith, but that's not the name. The, uh, the leap from a lion's head or something. I don't know. No, that's that's the clue that that's they the have. Clue. They. I'll give you a clue. They all. They all have of God at the end. There's the breath of God, the word of God. The step of God, the stride of God. Shit. If you're going to guess, it's just going to insult me and you're, <laughs> you're insulting, insulting me and, and you're, you're embarrassing, embarrassing them. No, the other way around. No, you're embarrassing them. No, you're, no, you're, you're insulting them and you're embarrassing, embarrassing me. me. Well, now we've just embarrassed both of us. <laughs> Should we crack yeah. on? It's the breath of God, the word of God, and the path of God. The path of God. Fuck So what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to mix two sounds of ding ding. Oh. I, I, will say, I will say 12 Hail Marys and uh, drink a Bloody Mary. Number 10. What kind of dog does Indy have as a boy? Oh, you fucking bastard. It's a collie, a Dutch hound. <laughs> yes, just name all the dogs. Either you know it or you don't know it. Stop I, being a I smug git and say you don't know. Don't Thank know you. It. He's a, it's a husky. It's a husky? Yeah. Well, I would have got husky eventually. Uh, you you did really well, though. So, I mean, you oh, get your it? doubloons. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was only 10 doubloons? questions because oh. we've got so much to fucking look at this. How many did I get out of 10? Uh, you got, oh shit, you got number one, you got number two, you got number three, uh, you got four, yeah, uh, what is the name of the Gestapo agent, you got that one, uh, she talks in her sleep, you got that one too, um, nuke the fridge, you got, 
uh, Eileen, you didn't get because it was Irene. <laughs> <laughs> um, number nine, uh, you didn't get all the three challenges that Indy has to go through. No, because I forgot um, the path. And you didn't get the the dogs. You got most of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, minus three. That's uh, kind of no, 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 very disappointing. It's very disappointing. But now it's time to move on from the quiz and start talking about. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Alfred Molina's in this movie. Da, 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 da. Blink later, and you'll miss it. It was <laughs> later, later retitled as Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, which makes very little sense because Indiana Jones is one of the Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, Well, I mean, Indiana Jones is in the movie. Yes. And then all the Nazis would be considered the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Belloc. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and if you I, want, I, if you I like want, the original uh, title Marian, Marian's a raider of the Lost Ark. She kind of helped with she's that. A raider, um, yes. and mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Salah, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the monkey too. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. You know, moment of silence. Um, would you, would you like a, an awkward pause? <laughs> Can I introduce you? Awkward pause. Awkward pause. Um, so let's talk about. Can you imagine if that was an actual segment on a podcast? And now, ladies an and gentlemen, pause. an awkward pause. <laughs> Do not adjust your iPhone. <laughs> We're still at your thought I left, didn't you? Um, so, let's talk about Raids of the Lost Ark. Um, do you, by any chance, have notes? Yes, I do. Do you not? Yes, I do. Okay. I've got lots of them. That's my problem. Is yes, that, it is. Yeah, it's already 9.30 and... Uh, We've 9:30. done nothing. We've done nothing. Uh, well, no, we have done some things, but uh, but now we're, um, you know, we're, we're snowed under with the sheer amount of content that we have to get Here's through. Here's what's got to happen, right? Yes. You're going to take a break, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to get more soda, because mm-hmm. I want some. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to, like, power through our notes. All right. In the meantime, I'll just play the original theatrical trailer of uh, Raids of the Lost Ark. Good idea. For nearly 3,000 years, man has searched for the lost Ark of the Covenant. The Bible speaks of the Ark leveling mountains and laying waste to entire regions. Not something to be taken lightly. No one knows its secrets. Jones, do you realize what the Ark is? It's a transmitter. It's a radio for speaking to God. An army which carries the Ark before it is invincible. The Ark, if it is there, Atanis, then it is something that man was not meant to disturb. It is protected by forces beyond imagination. It is desired above all treasures on Earth by those who are good, trust me, and those who are evil. Everything. Yes, I know you will. Raiders of the Lost Ark. A film from Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. trailer yeah so Good soda. are you still eating m&ms <laughs> i said take them away from me and you did not well 
All right, so let's uh, let's talk about Riz of the Lost Ark. You want to start? No, you go, and I'll interject. I think the movie begins in South America in 1936. Oh my fucking god! If we're gonna go like this, it's gonna take forever. <laughs> First of all, it has the best uh, match cut of the mount, the Paramount Mountain to the mountain in uh, in in South America. Amazing. Um, and the, I just I'm going to read what I wrote here because uh, because I was very sort of passionate. I kept pausing the movie to write things. I don't think you understand what I meant. I meant something along the lines of Paramount Mash Cut. Alfred Molina's in it. Oh no, Alfred <laughs> Molina's dead. Everything's coming down. Look at the the boulder coming down the thing. Oh, he's come outside. Oh, look who's this twat? And he's taking the idol from him. And if only you could talk with the people then you wouldn't be in trouble and then he runs away and he's like Jack got the engine and then he gets in the plane and then the plane takes off and he's like oh there's a snake in the plane oh that's just my pet Reggie and he doesn't like snakes which is going to be important later in the movie right then <laughs> <laughs> what's the name of that character in Ant-Man that does that <laughs> that's brilliant <laughs> that was genius I really wanted to see how far you would be able to take that I just couldn't with your face because you were <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I need to do it when not looking at you. Anyway, please continue. Sorry, yeah. Go on. So this is the this is the longest note that I have. I just I'm gonna read it verbatim, uh, as every is written time, as is written on I my CDs. The, every time I push the M and M's across the table, I lean further. <laughs> yeah, across you should the reach M&M. for them further. What? Oh my god. Okay. So the I, I wrote here that the opening sequence just encapsulates everything you would think of when asked to describe an adventure movie. Yeah. Uh, it could be that Jones is so in the zeitgeist that it's become synonymous with the adventure movie. So you would think that, you know, that that's what it should look like. Uh, but it's everything from the jungle setting, Jones's almost silhouetted form. You know, you don't really see him until until later on in the sequence. The dirty, conniving comedy guides, the color palette, the torches, the vines, the traps, the boulder, the spiders, the idol, the angle choices, John Williams' sinister music cues. Uh, the, the opening sequence itself is just a fantastic vignette that entirely homages the serials that Lucas and Spielberg were sending a love letter to that most films have since failed to entirely capture as successfully. Um, I think that this opening sequence could easily exist as its own short and not be connected to anything else. And the, the fact that the rest of the movie lives up to the promise of the opening sequence just goes to show that the stature of this film in popular opinion is entirely earned. So, yeah, gushing much. But yeah, that's my thought. That's my thoughts on the opening sequence. Oh my god! <laughs> you bastard! You want to hear what my first note was? <laughs> so there's a, there's a cave in the boulder, and then out from Molina. My first note was my fir- first note was, look, it's Indiana Jones coming out <laughs> the shadows. That's what I've written. Look, I, it's Indiana Jones yeah. coming out. I couldn't... Some of these I wrote, and they're, like, really long as well. Well, not really long. That was ridiculous. <laughs> Almost overdone, I'd say. But, like, such a beautifully... <gasps> <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Sorry. I, I burped, and it was just disgusting. <laughs> you don't have a sense of smell. Are you okay? No, the taste. <laughs> the taste. Okay. It's the taste. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I thought that what you wrote was just such a great review of the beginning of that film. And it is such a great sequence. And it also it does everything that it needs to do and everything that it can do. Not a moment wasted, not a second wasted. Yeah. All to introduce this character, introduce what he's doing there, yeah. introduce his every man quality. Yeah. You know, when he misses that jump, 
or he actually he he makes the jump and yeah. then he kind of smiles to himself and then you get that kind of face yeah, that as he the makes, vine as starts the vine to, starts, to, starts to, come to come out away. yeah um you know and it's it's all of this stuff and and, and then his rival and you know how being beaten to the punch beaten exactly like that he doesn't have a success at the beginning of the movie yeah and then you know the escape and the the whole thing about snakes yeah I all mean, all encapsulated in the first 10 minutes and it's like it's an opening that drops you in without explaining anything yeah and you get it immediately yeah. and i think in terms of pastiche in terms of like a director trying to approximate a certain style mm-hmm. it's just perfectly done even if you're not 100 percent familiar with the uh with the with the serials that it's referencing you get it immediately uh it's it's just it's masterful it's just masterful it's really i've amazing. also broken down the there's a the, the, no I think, thank you yeah no this is <laughs> this might be a little <laughs> bit overkill as well but i broke it down the sequence of shots there's the moment where um where you first get introduced to indiana jones yeah. you first see his face yeah. okay so the sequence of shots and and i'll give michael khan uh, a lot of credit for this as well these spielberg's frequent uh frequently edit spielberg's films yeah um so you see the back of jones head as he uh, as he hears the click yeah. of the bad guy cocking the gun yeah Right, you see the bad guy raise the gun. You see a close-up of Jones reaching for the whip on his belt. You see the close-up of his hand whipping the the whip backwards, and then a close-up of the whip coming forwards. There's a wide shot of Jones whipping. The bad guy's stunned reaction, and he, as he grabs his hand in pain, you don't see the whip make contact with his hand. Yeah. And then the gun. You see a close-up, an insert of the gun falling on the ground. You get a shot of the bad guy again, and then. Indiana Jones stepping out of the shadows yeah. into the light dun, dun, and dun, 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 all dun. of that yeah. all of that happens I, I paused it and I and I like noted down every single shot because all of that is literally 10 seconds yeah and it's just so every single shot in that sequence of shots is perfect because, because each one is readable each one is readable yeah and and it just and it, it it gives you it gives the viewer all of the information and then you know that the, the that's that's your hero but that's the problem with and like the, the, the new iconic. movies that are like kind of you know very uh, you know crazy and and moving around yeah. and, and and quick cuts and and, and you yeah. know lots of cg and you get back down to it you can do something really really exciting yeah with no cg yeah on location mm-hmm. plotting out the shots blocking them yeah how how are they framed yeah. how do they read exactly and edit them like it's not as simple as that because it's a master craftsman at work. He, it's but. also like very much in, in his style. Yeah. That's, that's the way that he works. Like he's got all these wonderful like oneers, basically a one shot that has no edits in it. And Spielberg does that a lot. He, uh, he sort of tracks characters through a scene, through space, uh, racking focus between characters, moving between characters. There's, uh, there's a lot of things going on. The blocking is very important in those sequences. Yeah. There's a few of those in Jaws and like kind of chaos and people talking over each other. But also the, the precision when Spielberg does decide to cut something together fairly quickly as well it doesn't feel like for example the opening of quantum of solace which is cut ridiculously fast it's more about giving the viewer as much information some of it almost subliminally and it's just it's just so on point it's very exact yeah um and it's uh, it's got so much artistry to it and so much heart and so much life and so much intent i'm spending a lot of time on this opening because it's just it's, it's just indicative it's, it's of what's so to great. follow. Yeah. 
you know. Um, but that was the thing in, in, in Blade, for example. A lot of people talk about how Blade, the, the opening of that movie is so strong. Yeah. For anybody that doesn't remember, it's the, uh, the um, there's a, an innocent victim is led by Tracy Lords into a, uh, into a nightclub, which is in like a meat locker. It's like in the yeah. back of a meat locker. And, uh, and it's all populated with vampires and they turn on the sprinklers and blood comes down. And, it's, uh, and then Blade turns up and starts like uh, killing vampires left and yeah. right. And it's, it's a brilliant sequence, but the rest of the movie, while I do like the movie, it can't live up to that opening yeah. sequence. And the fact that Raiders does, I'll say it again, the fact that Raiders lives up to the opening sequence, it just goes to show how, how brilliant this movie is. And, uh, and, and I love Temple of Doom, and I love um, Cru- Last, Last Crusade. Crusade. I think that they are also almost on par with Raiders, but Raiders just stands ahead, at least, above them, because it is, it's the first. And, and also, remember... I think it's also the one that has the most... Um, apart from Last Crusade, yeah. it has the most character work. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, like... Cause, Temple of Doom has character work as well. They all have character yeah. work. But this one, I felt that there was a lot of subtlety in uh, Harrison Ford's yeah, performance. Because there was nothing... a lot of emotion. There was nothing to, to reference and there was nothing to compete against at the yeah. time. Uh, you, you were talking about Christopher Reeve and um, what he was talking about with the sequelitis. Yeah. Um, the fact is that they did put effort and money into the Indiana Jones sequels, which uh, which in the 80s, when, when Christopher Reeve did that interview, they weren't giving to movies like Superman 3 and Superman 4, yeah. uh, and Supergirl. So um, so so that that is fairly disappointing, but the uh, but the fact is that, remember we were talking in the Superman episode about Zeitgeist mm-hmm. and about how um, there's, a, there's a kind of insane feeling of trying to imagine a world before this a world before the john williams superman theme that that was associated with superman and uh and the thing is that indiana jones comes into the frame fully formed and it's and i'm i'm really wondering what it must have been like for audiences in 1981 to go to the cinema and see something called raiders of the lost ark there's no indiana jones in the title and they have no idea what? Because it wouldn't have meant anything to them if right. Indiana Jones exactly. was in the title. Exactly. It was like it was. It was the introduction. But immediately, can, can you imagine? Did you wait? Can you imagine if you had gone to see it in the cinema? Like you would have been immediately. I taken would have been. Away. I would have. I. It's very possible that I would have gone back to see it again a few times. Yeah. You remember how people talk about how they went to see Star Wars in '77 over yeah, and over yeah, again? Yeah. Like that. I would that have would done have that with. Yeah, I would have done that with Raiders definitely. On the subject of uh, what what was it like for people before John Williams and and all that, I'm kind of experiencing this weird thing with my eldest mm-hmm. that he like today just out of the blue he said to me I want to listen to the Superman theme and I want you to fly me through the house to the bath, and I did that right and he was giggling whatever and then he said I want the other Superman where he flies and then he falls. And he was talking about Man of Steel. <laughs> right? And and I was like, you like that one? And he said, I like that one a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I was trying to watch Man of Steel's flight scene without having any other Superman kind of in my head. Yeah. And I was watching it with, and he was like getting excited. He was standing next to me on the couch. He was mm-hmm. like, yeah. And it was just like this moment where I was like, for him, John Williams's score 
is not the only one out there. Yeah, it's not definitive. Like, when yeah. when Man of Steel came out, I was completely underwhelmed by the score in that movie, and now right. I'm kind of seeing it through his eyes. And I'm like, it's kind of exciting. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I don't I know why the same, I went off the rails. I had the same there. thing with this my is son us as well. Flying through the yeah. <laughs> no, I, I had the same thing with my son as well. He wanted to, he put on his he's got like a like a little Batman cape and cowl. It's really cute. Yeah. And he wanted me to put on the Batman music while he was running through the house. So I, I put on Danny Elfman's score, and then um, and then he's he's got like a inexplicably he's got like a, a face mask, a Spider Man face mask, and a Spider Man cape. Spider-Man yeah. doesn't wear a cape, Jonathan. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's poor education. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. But anyway, he 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 then Especially changed. Especially from you, I'm I'm shocked. I was I was very upset about it. I cried myself to sleep that night. But anyway, he changed into that Spider-Man outfit, which is not Spider-Man. And uh, he said, "Now I want you to put on the Spider-Man music." And um, he and I I started playing the Danny Elfman music. The he wanted the Tom Holland music. He wanted the Tom Holland. Yeah, that's also what what my eldest wants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, just apropos of nothing. Continue. Um, yeah, no. So and then and then he lands the plane and he's he's he goes to college and he's teaching and while he's teaching the guys come on. Easy, Terry. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah, I, I just wanted to to mention uh, you you mentioned Alfred Molina. Yeah, Hollywood slut. <laughs> but yeah, explain that, please. So this is from this is a piece of uh, education from uh, Philippa, mm-hmm. um, who has uh, you know followed us uh, from the beginning. Yeah, uh, and the and, ticket and that created you see our, the, our our logo. Yeah, yeah, the ticket and the posters are, uh, are done by Philippa. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Philippa said to me, uh, "Here's a question for you <laughs> that you can that you can ask Johnny. Um, what actor in the movie has said that they are a role slut, mm-hmm. uh, and that they will take on any role?" And I was like, "I don't know." So, 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 so I, he's I a role guess, slut, and you yeah, guessed. Yeah, I guessed you, Alfred yeah. Molina. Mm-hmm. Well, first I guessed John Rhys Davis, and that's true. And, I, and I also Freeman. guessed absolutely every actor in the film <laughs> except actor, for Alfred yeah. Molina because yeah. I keep forgetting that he's in it. Yeah, no one has come out of there alive, please. The, the little the money, that, uh, the money gesture that he does with his hands. With his hands. Yeah, um, I, I, I like that character. Unfortunately, the <laughs> the no time to argue. the mannequin that gets spiked doesn't look very much like him. But uh, but it's it's adios, and it also wobbles. But it's uh, it's it's appropriately gory. Yeah, <laughs> In general, there's a '30s aesthetic that is missing from Crystal Skull and Dial of Destiny because obviously yeah, they're not they're set not in the 30s, 30s anymore. And I think that that's part of the romance of Indiana Jones, that uh, the fact that that's gone is kind of... Uh, is, is, it, it's missing a key ingredient, yeah. to my mind. And that's why, they've, that's why they've, I think, tried to bring it back for, you know, in, in these deep-faked CGI yes. um, reimaginings of, of the 30s, right, of Indy's yeah. past that mm-hmm. we haven't seen. And I'm excited to see that. Yeah. Um, and I am I am excited somewhat to see the movie, but it's it's. I was able to watch Crystal Skull this time and not be so distracted by how much older he was, like I was the first yeah, time I watched it. Because now I've seen the now trailer. Now you've seen him look <laughs> yeah. like an actual shriveled prune. Yeah. Um. And I don't want to be mean. Like he's great. Well, in you lots you have of... been so. It's <laughs> okay, I do. Desire has to nothing be mean. to do with it. Yes, it's intent is nothing. It's the rea- It's the uh, the outcome. Yeah. But he's great in shrinking. He's fantastic um, in shrinking. And he, he's such a, an amazing actor. Mm-hmm. 
he doesn't need to be Indiana Jones anymore. He's had that. We've had that. We it, yeah. we could have been fine with three movies, and it would have mm-hmm. been great. Anyway, yeah. more on that later. So uh, more on that story we, later. Shall we um, move on to yeah, the laugh, item two? Yes, the uh, the laugh of, over Indiana Jones running away from uh, from the Hovitos. Yeah. <laughs> Just wanted to mention that I like that very okay. much, and then the uh, the that wonderful, especially in 4K, ladies and gentlemen. I have the 4K set, and these movies all look sumptuous and sound amazing as well. Um, but that wide shot of Jones running in the in the jungle away from the Hovitos, when uh, yeah. yeah, and he's got like the dust flying off yeah, and everything. Just brilliant. Yeah, every detail, perfectly. Oh, I forgot about. Up. I forgot to mention the boulder. I'm not actually doing any uh, any real sort of like commenting on. Notes or no, I'm not doing any real commenting on any of this. I just want to say. Want to say this a bold, was in the movie. This was in the movie. Was that well, was that's mo- what I was doing. Yeah. but you derailed me. Right. No, the boulder is. Uh, it's it's Spielberg's favorite thing. In uh, one of his favorite things in uh, in the in the movie, but uh, it's so pulpy and ridiculous and the boulder is so perfectly shaped (laughs) yeah and it's just brilliant it's just i I love it so much. that shot that shot of him turning around and seeing it yeah the camera yeah yeah, it's really great um skip to the end okay jones is in the uh in the university and he is a professor of archaeology and it's kind of like his secret identity basically yeah go the next sort of thing that i have in this area of the movie is the scene where he's um, with the two agents and he's explaining the sort of lore of the movie. Oh, one sec. I just want to point out before that comes before that scene. Mm. I want to give an honorable mention to the uh, to the poor bastard that leaves an apple. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on Jones's desk and walks away, like, embarrassed. And then uh, Denham Elliott eats it. Eats the apple. Yeah. Was it worth <laughs> it to interrupt me in the middle of that? Was no, that, it wasn't. Was that off, a worthwhile No, 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 uh, no, it wasn't. Off you go. No, off you go. Yeah, no, no, it was no. a little bit rude, yeah, wouldn't no. you say? Yeah, yeah. No. So so the, the, there are top men. Um, top. Top men. Who uh, um, who, who want to know all, all about all about this, Tannis. Obviously, we've come to the right men. Now, you seem to know uh, all about this, Tannis. I love seeing Indy with this sort of excitement and childish glee while explaining about the arc and you know, and what's this? This is the arc, and what's this coming out of there? Yeah. Um, and and he's like, you know, and what you would do is you would take the gen, you put it in the room, the, and the, the light sun shone through. through there. And if you put the staff in a certain place at a certain time of day, the sun shone through here and made a beam that came down on the floor here and gave you the exact location of the Well of the Souls, where the Ark of the Covenant was kept, right? Which is exactly what the Nazis are looking for. It's making me excited. Like, it's very infectious. I yes. really like that. I want to uh, shout this out to Lawrence Kasdan because he, he wrote the script for this movie and he had previously co-written the script for Empire Strikes Back a year before. So this was his first, I think, big collaboration with Spielberg and Lucas. Yeah. And um, it's just, it's really masterfully written uh, to give you all the information that you need and to create a reverence around the artifact yeah. that is sorely missing from Crystal Skull. 
specifically yeah because the uh because it's it's wonderfully done with the shankara stones there's a lot of setup for that it's wonderfully done for the holy grail in last crusade um and here it's just it's just peak exposition it's like exposition that makes you instead of like kind of going well you know we just got to get it out we got that information on there we should mention that this happens and this happens let's just get out it makes you lean forward and listen closer yeah i'm i'm sort of done with those you know Many years ago, the Lord Sauron was taking over Middle-earth. Right? It's uncanny, Kate. Uncanny. Thank you. Um, And, you know, like those those sort of long exposition-y, you know, flashback sequences where you're seeing all of it. Um, I I kind of like it that this character is... And it's something that I I think they did really well in the Nathan Drake games, in the Uncharted games that they had you know, him getting all excited and, and like the other characters, he'd be like, you know, El Dorado, the golden man, the golden man. And everybody's looking yeah. at him. They're like, I don't know what you're talking about. National treasure does this both yeah. the national treasure movies and the, uh, and the TV show that my wife and I got through like one episode of and junked. Yeah. Uh, Cause it just wasn't very good. Um, also the all three mummy movies do that. Yeah. And the Scorpion King. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just kind of, it's not necessary. I think that uh, that the the reverence for the for the artifact and for the history and for the past is uh, is more is is more better served when you've got a character sort of explaining about it because and the, you get little little nuggets of information and then you see what the artifact exactly, does at the end. It's like a, a a sort of setup and payoff. That's what makes this setup so good. Exactly because yeah. it is theory. And right. John Williams' uh, arc theme, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. that's playing in the background right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what's what's so great about it is that when you, when you see those um, sort of you know, let's just take the mummy as an example because that's an example where we see you know a flashback sequence, of, right? Like, oh, Thieves, city, city of, the of the living, living right, and all that. Crown jewel of Pharaoh Seti the first, home of Imhotep, Pharaoh's high priest, <laughs> keeper of the dead. Birthplace of Anaxunamun, Pharaoh's mistress. No other man was allowed to touch right, her. Right, so then she okay. walks in, she's covered in paint, right? And then he comes in and he's like, oh, I'm bald, but I'm also hot because I'm wearing robes, but nothing yes. else underneath. And then he touches My her. My name is Arnold Vosloo, and I'm from South Africa. And, and he smudges the paint on her arm, eh? And then, and, 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 and then the Pharaoh comes in and he's like, Dude, we just painted that. Who touched Who's you? touched you? You slut, you. Who's touched you? And then Imhotep shows up behind him, right? Imhotep, mate. Right, yeah. and he stands there and he takes out his sword, right? And he puts him in his arm. Hey, he means his eye. My high priest, my mate. We went out for beers last night. You bastard, don't touch her. We just did the paint. Do you know how expensive the paint job is on this woman? Anyway, so then they're like stabbing him to death because yeah. you know they don't like the fact that he's getting so uppity about the paint. And then, and then, and then they take away Imhotep and they they like you know they, and they, you know and she kills you're herself. You're done, mate. I think you're done. You run out of steam. <laughs> it's late, and I wanted to speed through the notes. That's yes, what I wanted. I'm, I'm I sorry. stated in. I'm sorry. Okay, so this whole thing has been copied many times since, and uh, yeah, I just, just I wanted I, to give the mummy as an example of yes. where it would have been a lot scarier had we not seen had we not the seen flashback the yeah, and we, exactly. you know, they just explained it as a story yes. that's like it's theory at this point. Yeah, indeed. Did you notice this viewing that uh, Indy has a different fedora for travel? Yes, I noticed that. Yes, I've always noticed that. All right. And also the Nazi following him on the plane behind the yep. newspaper. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Uh, the iconic map. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
what I really like is uh, is that that was used in uh, in the game in uh, Fate of Atlantis <laughs> that that was how you got from place to place and that always makes I me just, think of that what are you laughing at I just glanced down at my notes I've written here pastrami pastrami and I was trying to figure out why I'd written that and then I remembered it's pastore my- <laughs> pastore pastore <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Can't tell. It's funnier the fact that that's what you wrote down as a note to yourself. Well, that I knew I, what you meant. Well, that I completely forgot that I'd written. It. <laughs> well, I can understand that. Yeah, it's well, it was a few weeks, weeks ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Karen Allen uh, plays um, Karen Allen plays Marion Ravenwood, and she's uh, she's having a drinking game with uh, with her punters in her pub in Nepal, and uh, she's that's what she says. I, I think what is it Nepalese? Like what's the Nipplies. 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 What's the language she's about? I don't know. Whatever it is. What is she um, saying? Pasties. But n- pasties on the But the pasties. <laughs> um, in, in Italian. But the pasties. On Nipplies. On Nipplies. Nipply. which is on the coast. Anyway, so... <laughs> So, yeah, that's what she's yelling. She's like, pastare, pastare. And I wrote pastrami, pastrami. Uh, because, yeah. Anyway. I wanted <laughs> yes. to speed through the notes. Yes. The shadow on the wall. Indy walks in and yeah. you see a shadow on the wall and it's iconic. Yeah. Ooh, what I've written here is that the bar scene is awesome. It is. No, I, I've, I've, I've when got I was, more. When I was a kid and I uh, and I rewatched Indiana Jones when I when I was a little bit older, like uh, sort of in my yeah. early teens, I think. You were bored. Because I'd seen it as a kid and I don't think I'd seen it all the way through. Um, but I, I rewatched it and I always thought that there was something a little bit wonky about the acting in that scene. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, in subsequent years, I've realized that we first meet Marion when she's completely and utterly drunk. fucking drunk. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just, she plays it so brilliantly. I, I've written here that the, it's really interesting how the dialogue could have been delivered in a really cheesy way yeah and it is but it it's intentional and they pull it off yeah really really yeah well. because she's not like stumbling around and slurring her words she's I like i'm a librarian yeah exactly you know i remember when i was uh when i was drunk um and i used to pretend i used to try and pretend that i wasn't because for some reason when you're drunk you know somebody says to you mate you're drunk and like, you go, no. no, I'm lost. I'm completely sober. Um, and for some reason, I went, oh, Johnny Depp there. Mm-hmm. I was thinking Gary Oldman from Friends. <laughs> Is that my ass? <laughs> I found the picture. I'm wearing two belts. I wanted to speed through the fucking notes, Sai. Sorry, please continue. <laughs> pastrami, pastrami. Pastrami, pastrami. I love the... And I know Spielberg had an issue with this in later years, post Schindler's List. I love the caricatures of the Nazis. I just, I love them. I think they are not thirsty. Ronald Lacey as Tote is just brilliant. He's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. Um, And he doesn't really... time has passed. There are these little flourishes, like later on when they they open uh, the Ark and uh, he starts giggling. Yeah. He's got all these little flourishes. The the yeah. way that he that he handles the the hanger gag later mm-hmm. on. It's just I, I I just wanted to shout great out character to Ronald Lacey. Great character and and well played by him. Um, and also, did you notice? I mean, you obviously you noticed, but uh, I'd like to note that the entire bar fight takes place without any score. Yes, it's I did all notice. sound effects. I think part of what makes um, 
it's such a necessary decision not to have any music in the background of this fight is to show how scrappy it is. It's very scrappy. Um, and it's also very violent, surprisingly yeah. so. And there's also whiskey. But there's also like, uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of great moments that what you've written. Whiskey. Whiskey. So have I. Whiskey. There are a lot of moments that are uh, very scrappy, right? Yeah. And that's the everyman thing. And you know that they translated that. I know that I keep bringing this up, but I think it's relevant because Indiana Jones is a direct influence on the Uncharted games. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a direct influence on how Nathan Drake moves when you're running. Um, right. If there's a stone, he sometimes trips over it right. while he's running. And, that there's, and sometimes he barely misses like a... Uh, you know, a jump, or there are loads of uh, you know, near misses with with fights and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's really uh, very directly translated. And then we're introduced to John Reese Davis. Yeah, so interesting Thanks. context oh, wow. here. Go for um, it. I remember seeing it for the first time, and I don't remember what age that was. Mm-hmm. It was young. I remember thinking Salah was going to betray them. Wouldn't that have been such a different thing, though, if the reason they found them at the Well of Souls was because of him? Well, that was uh, it was hinted at. When uh, when he throws the the Nazi yeah, flag down, yeah, when he throws the Nazi flag down, or uh, or when the you know the the Nazis pull the rope up uh, when he's in the Well of Souls and he goes Sawa, so he yeah. thought that he was going to betray him as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's I will get you, I will get you water, my friend. I will get you water. I, get water. <laughs> I love I love how he's he's talking about um, uh, the Gullibalosh, right? <laughs> he says he Belloc. says they have not one brain among them except one. He's very clever. He's a French archaeologist. What's his name? Well, we call him Baloche. <laughs> Belloc. Belloc. There is not one brain among them, except one. Make up your mind, please. <laughs> this is that sentence. I, I love the, uh, the sort of, his sort of ominous... Indeed. There is something that troubles me. What is it? The Ark. If it is there, Tanis, then it is something that man was not meant to disturb. Death has always surrounded it. It is not of this earth. It's not like anything you've gone after before. What are you trying to do? Scare me? It's, it's, yeah, it's like everybody's telling him don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just, I like that, uh, the sort of, build up of uh, of mysticism around the mm-hmm. and, and foreboding around this uh, around the artifact i've written here with no context whatsoever yeedum yeedum <laughs> it's a date yeedum what's this it's a date yeedum uh, which That's leads <laughs> us very nicely um, into the market fight. Yeah. First of all, I've got a few things about the market fight. I everybody <laughs> loves this, but I love the monkey doing the Heil Hitler. Yeah, yeah, um, me too. I know everyone <laughs> does, but I love it. <laughs> Using words would be great. The swordsman going. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about that? Yeah. Like, it's very cartoony, but it it, it doesn't detract sounds. from the scrappiness of the fight. Like, it, it, it keeps it in that pulpy kind of arena. Yeah. And I love those punch sounds. It's But it's also the way that he throws the punches. Yeah. It's, just, it, very, it's, it's pitch perfect. Yeah. yeah. Great fight. Mm-hmm. Get out of here! 
And then that that sort of scene ends in a in a bit of a tragedy. Is it really though? No, because you weren't fooled even the first time you watched it. I don't remember the first time I watched it. I've seen this movie so many times. You know, the the truck explodes with, yeah. with Marion on it, and he goes, Marion. And then he's all, like, unhappy, because yeah. I don't know why he was a, a troll living under a bridge. Marion. Marion. I'm over here. <laughs> <laughs> Big Marion fake out, and uh, and then it gives him a uh, a reason to be... Drunk and, and angry unhappy. and broody, and then that sequence that scene in the bar with between, the balloon. Yeah, and the funny thing is that um, the, the I noticed this time around that the entire scene plays out on Paul Freeman, and you see yeah. Indy in the foreground out of with focus. his reactions, yeah, and, and drinking. Like you don't see his reactions; like it's all you on do, Paul though. Freeman. You do. You see. You see him. Sort of, he's listening. You can tell that yeah, he's listening he's very the, intensely. He's there. He's there, but he's in the and, foreground. He's not the focus. And I, I really like how he says, you know, it's a transmitter, a radio for speaking to God. There is more to it, you see. He says all the stuff like, you know, you and I are very much alike. Archaeology is our religion. Yet we have both fallen from the pure faith. Our methods have not differed as much as you pretend. I am a shadowy reflection of you. It'll take only a nudge to make you like me, to push you out of the light. Now you're getting nasty. Now you're getting nasty. Nasty. What a great, like, just <laughs> yeah. that whole, it, because, again, character work. Mm-hmm. We're talking about someone who believes that he is actually on the path of light. But right. what Baloch is saying to him Belloc. Belloc. Is he saying to him, it's what the Joker says to Batman, right? It would only take one bad day to turn you into me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I really like, because it strikes a nerve with him. He's, he's quiet most of the time. And then he goes, you know, now you're getting nasty. He struck a nerve. Yeah. And I think it's such a great, it's a great exchange. And then he, you know, he pulls out a, a pocket watch and he says, you know, if I, if I, I bury it, then, you know, it, it becomes a part of history, like the Ark, you know, and mm. it's like this great reflection on, you know, what they do and why they do it. And what, it's, mm. su- it's such a good scene. It's really fun when you watch pacing happening in front of you right. in a movie where it's a nice cool down from the action that just happened before it right. and the very high intensity that it ends with. Mm. But what happens in this scene is the slowly raising of the intensity again, but just with the dialogue and depth of the darkness that's in the conversation. And the kids coming in and the way that Belloc... This is something that I really liked, and I thought that was a a cool character moment, was that um, he turns around for a second and notices the guys behind him laughing. And maybe I'm reading into it, but it seems like he feels he didn't get the best of that exchange with Jones. Mm-hmm. You know, like he feels like even though, you know, he sort of insults him and says, you know, next time it'll take more than children to, to save you. Right. right. He sort of sees the guys laughing behind him and he's like, I'm still a fucking loser. Because that's what he is. He knows. Right. Belloc knows. And this is how I kind of view him is that he knows that Indy is better than him. He's yeah, a better archaeologist. Absolutely. He's a better treasure hunter. Yeah. He understands the law better. And but he won't accept that. And so he's trying to make it seem like they're the same. And then when he doesn't get the better of that exchange, he looks really bitter at the end of the scene. I just thought it was a really cool piece of character work. Yeah. I also like the bit, the bit when uh, Indy walks into the bar and he goes up to a random dude and he says, you're looking for me. And then the guy goes, 
You looking for me? <laughs> and then there's like that sort of lopsided smile that uh, that Harrison Ford has yeah. that, uh, that I really love. Um, in uh, the next scene, there's the whole thing with the with the dates, right? Bad um, dates. Did you? I don't know if I've ever noticed with Jimmy the, the Jamil. <laughs> Jimmy and Jamil, what? Bad dates. Oh, bad dates. Yeah. Jimmy and Jamil. Bad dates. Um, <laughs> another podcast that <laughs> my brother likes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure I ever noticed the connection between Indy giving Marion the date and the look that he gives the date in his hand while Salah's talking. I don't right. think I've ever noticed that sort of forlorn. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, there's know. a moment where he picks up the date and he yeah, kind yeah. of turns it over in his hand and yeah. he looks really upset. Mm-hmm. Again, all character work. Right. Um... And then the next thing that I have is it the map just, room. It just skips over all the way to the to the asps. <laughs> really? I don't know why. I must have no, just sorry, been... I'd... So there was a problem. Was yeah. that I was watching the movie. That's yeah. the problem. And I was getting sucked into it. And then I would realize by the time that you the scene would come along, notes. shit, I haven't been making notes right. here. And I can talk about all those things. If you have things written down, like I yeah, will tell yeah. you what I got from those scenes. So but it's just like I... I, I got so swept up by it again. Yeah, it was kind of annoying to watch these four movies because I kept stopping. I I, w- yeah. I wasn't going to make notes while the movie was playing. That's just fucking disrespectful. So um, I found that I couldn't do it because yeah. I think that that's part of the magic of Steven Spielberg is that it just even Sucks if you, you know that you're supposed to be doing something, right. it's, and it's like how how the hell are you supposed to not watch the movie? Right. There's a wonderful progression of setup and payoff here. Is yeah. that when they discover that uh, they're digging in the wrong place? There's the map room scene, and then they the music is perfect. Yeah, it's just perfect. And then, and you know, Indy's obviously got it right. He's got the length of the staff right. Mm-hmm. And then you see the reveal of uh, of uh, Tote's hand that, yeah. like, he's uh, he, that, like, he's got the the imprint of the uh, of the the staff of Ra, yeah. um, of the of the medallion on his hand. It's just a, a wonderful kind of progression of, of events that leads to that. I've laughed out loud at that at that again. I, I knew it was coming, but yeah, yeah. Next thing I've got written here is Indy. Why does the floor move? <laughs> Asps. Very, Very dangerous. dangerous. You, you go, go first. first. Why does the floor move? torch snakes why did it have to be snakes asps very dangerous you go first Okay, those snakes. So asps. I've written, uh, <laughs> he burns the asps. Uh, Peter, get your pitchforks. Moving on. Yep. <laughs> so the scene between uh, between um, Belloc and Marion. Yeah. Where they're drinking. I, I like you, Rene. I like you, Rene. <laughs> it's my family label. <laughs> Uh, they're just getting it's really good the the laughter is yeah. really great it's such a good i love when she oh. when she when she like takes the knife out and points it at him and, and they goes, both start <laughs> laughing yeah what shall we talk about what? no what shall we talk about the hanger thing is just it's such a great brilliant. gag and it's then they do that gag. again in family guy as well right. <laughs> <laughs> 
They yeah. like gasp with a For anyone that doesn't remember, Tote walks into the tent where uh, where um, Belloc and Marion are uh, drinking together, mm-hmm. and uh, he takes out something that looks like a pair of like a torture device, like a pair like of nunchucks, nunchucks or something like that, and then he folds they it. They flinch, and then he, yeah, they flinch. They like the, the holding There's their breath. Like a- <gasps> And then he folds it into a hanger and hands it to the Nazi behind him who puts his coat on it. It's brilliant. <laughs> and then they let Absolutely out like genius. a, uh, like a, a sigh. That's, uh, I haven't seen 1941 in a long time, but that's apparently a gag that uh, Spielberg did with uh, Christopher Lee that didn't quite work out. Um, well, it worked out a couple of years later in this. So, yeah, very good. During the Well of Soul scene when Indy comes face to face with the Cobra, I've written here that in 4K, the glass between Ford and the Cobra is even more visible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering how you were experiencing that because I was watching a not 4K version. Well, the, and it the, was, I'm sure that they it was spent. Obvious. Yeah, I'm sure they spent a lot of time cleaning the glass. But there's a moment where the snake spat venom, mm-hmm. and it's on the glass for the rest of the scene, um, and it's you very, very really noticeable. Well very noticeable. Also, you can see the 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 track that the glass makes in the sand. Yeah. So you can see the separation, and then I've skipped to the point where Sala and Indy are sort of uncovering the arc and, yeah. and bring it out. And I think that of all of the MacGuffins, it's the most reverential. Yeah. It's got the most amount of power power and uh mystery. And, yeah. And the and the best theme as well. Yeah. Um it's just it's one of those things that uh it's another thing that I that I lament from Crystal Skull and I think the reason is because Spielberg didn't believe in the MacGuffin in Crystal Skull. Yeah. It was all Lucas's uh thing. Well that's also why I kind of I'm I'm not so sure about the MacGuffin in the new one. Right. And we need to see the new one, but uh, it's like the the thing that makes the MacGuffins so um special. Yeah. Is that they are these things from history, folklore, yeah. or lore or religion. Right. Like there is a a Tomb Raider game um where uh, I think it's Tomb Raider legend, quite aptly named, mm-hmm. um, because she finds pieces of King Arthur's sword, yes. Excalibur, mm-hmm. um, and that's a really cool mythological MacGuffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go to London to mm-hmm. a church to find like a different piece right. of it, and you know, in another game, I think it's Mjolnir as well. Like right. there, there's like so many, so many cool artifacts that he could be looking for, and Holy right. Grail is one of them. And Shankara stones as Shankara well. Shankara stones yeah. is such, and 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 but in the- in in the uncharted games all of the macguffins most of them are pretty damn good i think right. uh, with the exception of i think the second game is also fine but there's uh you know in in the th- in a spin-off sequelish as it is i think mm-hmm. no words would be great to be used right here right now <laughs> in this moment in the podcast right right fucking hell Yes. So there's something called Uncharted, The Lost Legacy, and that's mm. in India. And right. they have like this kind of tusk that they're looking for, mm. and it's a mythological object. And it's just such an interesting thing. And, and it's like something that you can look up and that you've heard of maybe, or that there's a variation of it. That's what these MacGuffins need to be. And the Raiders of the Lost Ark's MacGuffin, the Lost Ark itself, is so steeped in mystery. Yeah, And the idea of where did this thing end up also it's a it's so intriguing it's a religious artifact and it's something that you and i grew up being taught about in school as if it was a real thing exactly Um, it's like it is the holy of holies like it's it's legend in our religion yeah um and it's um you know it's it's to to see it then you know you understand like the 
the awe. That's that another reason it. why, by the way, why why this movie, violent as it is, was given so much leeway when we were kids because our dad and also our teachers as well in school, they were all like, oh, it's about, you know, it's educational because it's about the arc and, you know, that's a... And it's a, they, they had this, like, uh, this excitement about this movie because it was, you know, a, about a, a Jewish artifact directed by a Jew. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's, you know, very much... But it's, uh, the, the, the thing that is really interesting to me is the the backstory of why the Nazis are looking for it because, yeah. you know, Hitler is obsessed with the occult and he He's believes... He's a nut on the subject. They believe that... He believes that the occult objects are going to give him the power that right. he seeks. Mm-hmm. And that's a really cool... I mean, the Shankara stones uh, being very... Uh, what? That's borderline. <laughs> is it borderline? I think bit. I crossed the line. I think I jumped over <laughs> it with a little bit of a hop, skip and a jump and a <laughs> at the camera. Right. So, like, I think that, like, even if you aren't aware of, of, of what it is, the way they explain it and the way they create the threat right. and they, they, they build the threat around it, like, I think that everybody knows that the Nazis are threatening. You don't really right. have to introduce them as a villain, right? You don't have to introduce Hitler as a villain. You don't have to know anything beyond what you already know mm-hmm. before going into the movie that Hitler wants it for no good stuff. Right. The disappointment with Crystal Skull is that it is based on something that's real it meaning the the Mitchell Hedges skull yeah but right at the beginning of the movie Indy says that's not the Mitchell Hedges skull yeah so then it becomes this uh this kind of made up thing yeah it's this whole made up thing and and I'm not a history buff so I'm not like uh I don't know if I'm if I'm correct in assuming that but uh I'm wondering what the dial of destiny really is and if it's got anything any kind of steeping in history at all or if i it's just tried looking that up i couldn't find anything right, so i don't yeah. really think so so and that, I, that, that's where that's where it falls down for me that's the weakness of look it. i mean if you look at um uh indiana jones and the fate of atlantis which is a point and click yeah. adventure that we played yes atlantis is a great macguffin because it's, a great MacGuffin. it's steeped in in legend and and you know they could they they created this really interesting lore around it that in order to find the location of the city you needed these three stone mm-hmm. discs right? right and they were used in puzzles to to help you find the map room and there's all of these like really cool Indiana Jones staples that just prove you can tell a different Indiana Jones story that isn't one of the three movies mm-hmm. and follow similar but different enough tropes. And it doesn't have to be an item. A lost city is just yeah. as flipping cool as, uh, you know, the, the lost Ark or, or, you know, the, the lost the city Grail. of Akator. Yeah. And again, that could have been a great opportunity. The the lost city of Akator could have been, yeah. you know, and, and the, the whole... The, I well, just, the original we, title, the Frank Darabont script, was called Indiana Jones and the City of the Gods. Which um, is great. Which is a great title. It's much better than the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Was, it, doesn't, was it originally it's about not aliens? Was huh? that the MacGuffin originally? Was aliens still? I, I think so. But uh, but I, I think it might have been handled a little bit better. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure uh, what way there is to handle the aliens. <laughs> no, seriously. I'm like, yeah. I, have, I have stuff written about it. Yeah. Um, so we you, you were saying that Salah and Indy, they pick up the, the arc and there's like this feeling of awe when they, you know, yeah. also wait because yeah. them lifting the stone together is right. like a real effort. Yeah. You know, the stone that's covering uh, the, the sort of container that the ark has has been buried in that it's it's you know everything about that sequence is 
proving what Salah and uh, Marcus exactly. have been saying. It's surrounded by snakes. It's impossible to find. It's right. in a really deep hole. Um, it you know, like not there's, meant to be disturbed. There's, uh, you know, it's it's buried inside this really hard to get into chamber. That yeah, and, and, and it's in, so the the effort. It doesn't feel easy, right? Whereas the crystal skull is like just, I've got a paper, no, I've got a paper mache skull <laughs> filled with tin foil. I mean, look with, with or maybe it's made, maybe it was made out of resin. Well, maybe we'll talk about this. Uh, you know, when yeah. we get to the whole crystal right. skull thing. But I do, I do feel that that sort of city that they go into to find it, mm -hmm. that's a cool scene. Yeah, it it's is. a shame that the MacGuffin itself is a bit rubbish. Yeah, it is. But the, you know, if it had been another object, maybe of more ore, if it had been maybe an Aztec or what was, uh, it's not, Akator is not a, it's a Mayan civilization, yes. right? Yeah. So if it had been like a Mayan artifact, I'm sure that there must be lore about this sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, even if it was looking for the Baba Yaga, you know, that would be like a fucking crazy thing to find. Yeah. I just can't with that movie. I really <laughs> tried. I really fucking tried. Anyway, moving yes. on. They come back with the uh, with the arc and uh, suddenly, you know, Salah goes up and then the rope comes down and he goes, Salah. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, and the Nazis are there and yep. it's Balosh. Hello. Why, Dr. Jones, whatever are you doing in such a nasty place? Why don't you come on down here? I'll show you. Thank you, my friend, but I think we are all very comfortable up here. That's right, isn't it? <laughs> yes, we are very comfortable up here. So once again, Jones, what was briefly yours is now mine. What a fitting end to your life's pursuits. You're about to become a permanent addition to this archaeological find. Who knows? In a thousand years, even you may be worth something. <laughs> son of a bitch. Balosh. Like, no, we are very... <laughs> son of a bitch. We are very comfortable up here, am I right? <laughs> yes, we are very comfortable up here. The thing that I love about this scene is it's an example of, as I've said before, Spielberg pulling his sister's pigtails, mm -hmm. right? That's what all of this stuff really is, is he's like fulfilling his childhood need to scare the make shit go, out of yeah to make to make people go Aah. um so and you you know you got the the like what he did to karen allen yeah with the with the, with with the, the skulls the, the skulls the coming out skulls, of the skulls the bodies you give it all such i don't know if it's art but i like it and then the snake coming out of the the, the cadaver's mouth yeah and like all of that stuff there's the snakes and there's the bugs the rats, the rats. and then there's not much cgi skull, ants. yeah yeah, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's CGI I I, I love I love all that stuff. It's just like it makes your skin crawl. The yeah. tarantulas at the beginning of uh, of Raiders as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, and then from here, basically, things just escalate and they don't stop. It's so I love it so much. The the whole fisticuffs. Yeah, that, the, that the fight scene around the plane takes so long. Yeah, not in a bad way. Yeah, I mean that in in the most reverential way mm -hmm. like i i just love um how it feels like he's getting the shit kicked out of him yeah. i love the way that the big guy comes out and he's like come on come on come fight me and he's like hang on a second just give me a second and then he's like looks at his shoe and he's like oh look what's that and then he punches it but then he's like oh my god this guy's like made of steel or something yeah and that fight takes a really long time and and getting her out takes a long time and 
you know that final yeah thing he's they, establishing the peril like yeah, there's the, the barrels g- that have like spilled oil yeah everywhere. and the 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 the, uh, the pilot in the in the plane gets knocked like she knocks him out with the stoppers and the cockpit door closes on her and she can't get out yeah um you know the fire is going to reach the plane the fire at some gets point. ignited and indy's fighting the heavy and marion's still in the plane and, then and she's stuck in the plane in the cockpit like every, every sequence is very I well love constructed the smile on Harrison Ford's face before you know the guy gets turned to yeah. mush is mm-hmm. really cool yeah um and then you know that dun, 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 as they run away is like great yeah um and, and then, then of the, course, the plane blows up and then and then he's he's told that they're loading the uh the, the archon truck. truck he says truck what truck what truck holy smoke my friends I I'm so pleased you're not dead Indy Indy, we have no time. If you still want the Ark, it has been loaded onto a truck for Cairo. Truck? What truck? Why is that line something that both of us wrote in our I, notes? I don't Can you know. explain to I me think, what it I is about I think we've written that? a lot of things in our notes uh, at the, the same match, time. Yeah. Um, I also wrote here about the exaggerated punch effects, punch sound effects. Oh, great. Which, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. Meet me at Omar's. Be ready for me. I'm going after that truck. Hello. I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. The moment no. when Indy rides off on the horse uh, to go after the truck yeah. and the Indy theme kicks mm-hmm. in. Great stuff. Beautiful. The whole truck there's chase a Wilhelm, is brilliant. There's a Wilhelm scream. Well-placed Wilhelm scream. Very good. Um, the music... Uh, um, yeah, the, the whole of the, uh, of the, of the truck uh, sequence is brilliant. It's all done practically. Practically. And it looks brutal, and Indy's getting and he gets, gets shot, shot in, in the, the arm, arm, and he's being punched in the in the wound. Last time I got shot in the ass. Yes, <laughs> I'm in mourning for my ass. But yeah. it, it's and again. The, the it's, German guy goes chaser. Chaser. It's not going well. So the, there's the what I said before about pacing, yeah, right? and the scene in the bar being like a nice bringing down of yeah. You know, so when we look at the sort of graph mm-hmm. right of the of the excitement level in the escalation mm-hmm. what you just said is like so great because you know it really does escalate you have this this thing where they've been inside this confined space mm-hmm. and they've been there for a long time um and you know also they switch out the characters in that space right you've got sala and and, and then it's you know a completely different dynamic mm-hmm. when when marion's in there right and it becomes almost like a more of a Indy, horror section. The going it's very out. intense. It's not. It's not a low sort of um, you yeah. know graph level, as it were. It's not like a low wave. Mm-hmm. And then and then it starts ramping up as it goes, and it just keeps on going up and up and up until the end of that fucking chase sequence when he takes the truck with him. You know, it's yeah. like when Indy does the, the. There's this whole moment where Indy gets thrown through the windshield. Yeah, and he's he on, the on the front of the, of the truck. Of the truck, and then he's uh, the, you the know grates the, coming off. Yeah, the grates coming off, and the Nazi that's driving the truck is 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 uh, sort of 
you know, looking driving, driving, him. looking to ram him into the car in front, and then Indy goes underneath the truck yeah. and around and over the top and comes back into the into Brilliant. the driver's seat. It's so well and, done, and, and then well. and then when he basically does exactly the same thing to the Nazi, the Nazi goes through the windshield, and then you've got this, uh, you've got the Indy theme coming in, and then uh, you know he runs him over, and you've got this like you see the the guy kind of get run over, and his limbs like sort of come up into the. Yeah. Yeah. and he goes oh yeah um, it's very like it's very violent but very cartoony yeah. as well very comic booky um it's the I, same it's the same sort of like contrast between the punch sounds and the scrappiness yeah, of the exactly. fight right it's like which is another which is something that i really liked about the opening sequence of crystal skull was that the uh you know, in the you warehouse have the, yeah in the warehouse you have that scene when he's on the truck and he goes damn i thought that was closer and then and you then hear he punches the, the guy you hear the punch and then you see like it's from ground level and you see the guy fall yeah. and then another punch and then ground level on the other side of the truck and you see the guy fall. Yeah. And that's just like pure Spielberg right there. There's uh, there's so much stuff like Wei Lam also was like uh, was posting something on uh, on the Empire Group today about the opening, uh, like one of the shots of Crystal Skull where you see Indy's shadow and he picks up the yeah, hat. And yeah, the, yeah. Um, and he said that, you know, I'm not looking to nitpick about movies, about what's canon and what's not and nitpick, nitpick plot nitplicking. holes nitpicking nitpicking plot holes etc etc but i i just want cinema this is cinema and it's the same thing that i said to my wife when we, we sat down to watch crystal skull together and i really want to get her opinion on it because i don't think we've talked about it yet is that you could interview her yeah that's why i was planning to do that but uh, but we didn't get around to it like she said to me we're about to watch the movie that you flat out refused to ever show me and you told me it's the worst indie movie ever yeah and I said, well, no, there's uh, there's a fifth movie now that could be a contender. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I said to her, like, it's directed by Steven Spielberg. How bad really can a Spielberg movie ever be? Mm-hmm. And the fact is that a lot of the, the... She's seen the other ones, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact is that a lot of what's bad about Crystal Skull has been attributed to George Lucas. Mm-hmm. And the movie itself... If you if you if you take it down off its pedal uh, pedal stool, the pedal stool. <laughs> it's a pedal stool. If you take it down off its pedal stool, <laughs> fuck. If you take it down, just call it a pedal stool. Yeah, a pedal stool. If you take it down off its pedal pedals, <laughs> fuck me, Johnny. I can't understand what is happening. I really it's fucking eleven. It's eleven. I if you take it down off its pedestal, um, of being an Indiana Jones movie, even the worst Steven Spielberg movies are still quite a bit better than most directors worst movies so there's still a level of craft there that you can see in crystal skull that's very much spielberg uh, i just wanted to mention that i also I, I, going back to where we were in the in raiders i wanted mm-hmm. to shout out to vic armstrong who's ford stunt double who you can see quite clearly in a lot of uh, in a lot of shots uh, in temple of doom where harrison ford has, had uh, pulled his back out yeah and vic armstrong had to stand in for him you can see him quite clearly in the uh in the death room in the the, there are going to be two dead people in here vic armstrong i'm not sure that he gets mentioned enough he is one of the veteran stunt doubles and stunt coordinators um in uh, and second unit directors in the in the business and he did all the all those Bond movies back in the day, and he's just brilliant. So yeah, he was Harrison Ford's stunt double on the indie movies, and uh, he does a fantastic job, and yeah, he makes Harrison Ford look good, which does. is the whole point. Um, yeah, that is for fire. This is for your children, and this is for you. A sailor's salt is a salty <laughs> salt. What does he say? I don't know the, the song. The, 
I am the monarch of the sea. No, that's before. No, he says, says I am date. a salty, salt of a salty, salt. I don't remember what he says about <laughs> sailors, but it's like something. There are yeah. words in there. There are together. words. That is for fire. That is for your children. And this is for you. A British tar is a soaring soul. As free as a mountain bird, his energetic fist should be ready. To <laughs> the next thing I've got written here is the mirror. Yeah. God damn it, Indy, where doesn't it hurt? Here. Here. So Johnny makes a face with his bottom <laughs> lip pushed out. Which is not what Harrison Ford really does. No, but, but it's it is kind adorable. of the feel of it's it. It's the feel of it. No, 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 you captured the moment you, beautifully. You do you. You do you. You have a great change. job, mate. I don't need a nurse. I just want He's to sleep. He's such a baby. Marion, leave it. How's this here? Go away. Yes. Hurts. Wow. Well, goddammit, anywhere doesn't it hurt? Here. Okay, here's another moment where the arc is just mythical yeah um it's in a box i always remember that shot uh of the swastika getting burned off the and crate. the rats being dead and the rats being it. dead um it's just uh, they spent all of this time building up the arc yeah the and power the terrible power it of the seems arc. terrible power that's a great yeah. way of describing it yeah but the but the fact is that normally they you know you do that kind of thing it can't live it's it's kind of like the way that Silence of the Lambs is structured that they spend, I don't know, 20 minutes, half an hour talking about talking how about terrible Hannibal Lecter yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's standing there in his cell, not doing anything, not moving or whatever. Because they and spend he says, that whole time building up his legend. And then he says, good morning. And he's very normal. Very charming. And he said to, he said like, you know, Anthony Hopkins, that like the script did all the work for me. I didn't need to do anything. Mm-hmm. He won an Oscar for it. <laughs> he is brilliant in that role but like the the i can't stress enough the importance of a of a um pacing of pacing and of a and of a well built build up yeah like a carefully it's, structured build up when we're talking about pacing and build up and 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 things like that you need to look no further than james one's insidious movies right. and the conjuring movies yeah um and and it's because you know his build up of you know these different i'm sorry am i boring <laughs> yes <laughs> no i'm sorry never mind on no, with okay, indiana sorry, no i'm just saying really that the horror movies are a great place to look when you're talking about build up right yeah. there are good horror movies that don't know how to set up that sort of pair. when you look at look at like the shorts that you see all the time on youtube like these horror shorts that yeah. are even like David three F. or Sandberg. four minutes long yeah right and they manage to squeeze terror into that into that four minute and it's it's just it's not simple right right but when you were working on the dream factory mm-hmm. you had such a fight on your hands because you were committed to build up you and your wife yeah both committed to build up yeah showing and telling right right and you wanted to get across this guy's 
backstory and because you journey. only have 15 20 minutes right. to tell the story mm-hmm. so you kind of have to get all that across in about five minutes so that was the thing they were the, the mentors were telling us the whole time that we needed to go into the dream factory in the first couple of minutes and i wanted to contrast the dream factory with, with the this real character's world. real life and the real world and i think that that's a major failing of a lot of um, well, I wouldn't say a major failing, but definitely something that dampens the experience for me in a lot of Marvel movies where they go straight in headfirst mm-hmm. to uh, to the... like. It's what I taught you about Doctor Strange. Yeah. If you would have taken that opening sequence away and just had it start with him, um, then it would have been a lot more effective to yeah. me because then he's discovering the mysticism along yeah. with the audience. The audience. Yeah, yeah. Instead of just like playing your hand right at yeah. the beginning it's about it's about playing your hand it's about it's about holding things back it's the it's the superman syndrome it's how long does it or the batman begins syndrome how right. long does it take for them to get to the because you appreciate the journey more and you need to i think that studios need to give the audiences more credit right, right? we are not simple and we are not easily bored. If you are right. telling a good story, if you are showing me something, yeah. even if it's something I've seen before, if you're showing it in an interesting way, I'm there. Right. You don't need to go, oh, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at that, with the flashing neon signs and the crappy right. CGI and whatnot. Save your fucking money, mm-hmm. right? Invest it in a good script writer. Don't let AI write your movies for you. Yeah, that's the stance that I'm taking on this whole debate. There's a good we're talking about horror movies. Uh, yeah. Just to degrade for a moment, Neil deGrasse Tyson. No, because we were just uh, listener. If you're a little lost, we were talking about the moment where we see the swastika, the swastika get burned, burned, and we were the talking about yeah. how how they were setting it yes. up and building it up. So 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 talking about horror movies, the, if you look at the trajectory of Screams one to three, mm-hmm. um, and you can see Wes Craven as a filmmaker getting a little bit dry. Yeah getting a little bit fed up, running out of things to say, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, that the first scream is very is very well paced and, yeah. and the intensity is is built up in a in a very effective way. And uh, each kill is uh, is is sort of it takes its time. Yeah. And Scream Two as well. And then once you get to Scream Three, it's everything's very, very fast. Yeah. It just sort of like the Jenny McCarthy's character, her death is like done. Yeah. That's a knife slicing by the way so then we have a, a, a scene where the nazis come up to the they're on a ship um the yeah. indian marion or on a, or on a boat and uh, the the nazi u-boat comes up and uh, and basically uh, basically commandeers the uh, the ship and uh, and they're looking for for indy and whatever katanga the uh, the the captain of the ship that he's on uh he's like trying to cover for him and he's like helping he's him dead. whatever I yeah killed him myself. and then and then they're looking for him and then they see him on the uh, on the other side on the u-boat mm-hmm. and they point to him and like there he is and then he gives them a salute and it's like it's that, so cool there's like a feeling of elation when the indiana jones theme swells up yeah and uh you know and you realize that he's going after it's, marion and the it's arc the, and, it's the perspective of the audience the yeah. guys on the ship are, are clapping right uh for for a, then it's a audience. very punch the air kind of moment yeah, yeah. There's the moment that follows when uh, when Indy tries to take a guard's uniform, yeah, and he he's sort of like schwein, schwein, he sort of he sort of kicks the guard, and, and the, the, the guard's hat flies, hat flies up in the air and he catches it. it. It's so cartoony it's so and so brilliant, um, and well and, executed. 
Yes. I love the, uh, the what's his name? Dietrich. Dietrich? Mm-hmm. Dietrich? Mm-hmm. There are three main baddies. There's, there's Toten, there's Dietrich, and, uh, and, and Belloc. And he says to, uh, to Belloc, like, I'm uncomfortable with, with the thoughts of this Jewish ritual. ritual. I'm uncomfortable with the thought of this Jewish ritual. Are you sure it's necessary? Let me ask you this. Would you be more comfortable opening the Ark in Berlin for your Führer? Finding out only then if the sacred pieces of the Covenant are inside? Knowing only then whether you have accomplished your mission and obtained the one true Ark. I like the fact that they, that they referenced it because the entire movie it's not mentioned at all. And that it's, it's a Jewish artifact. Yeah. That there's, yeah. I mean, they do. They say that the Hebrews carried it around. Yeah, no, but I'm talking about the, the, Nazi, the Nazi relationship yeah. to the Jews. Um, it's a it's a nice little reference, and it kind of like makes makes them even slimier and makes yeah. the the resolution even more even satisfying. Even more satisfying, yeah. yeah. Which, speaking of horror, we'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. Hello! Love, yeah. I'm gonna blow up the arc, Renee. What episode was that in that you did that as a uh, hey now, hey stop, hey what's that sound? Yeah. Hey stop, hey what's that? Stop, yeah. hey what's that sound? Um. you know, you put that as the sound prompt. Yeah. And so they're all in the desert. All the Nazis are carrying the ark to. He's got a bazooka. Yeah. Stinger missile is about to blow up the ark. Jones? Jones! I'm gonna blow up the arc, Renee! I'm gonna blow up the arc, Renee. Now, I had always had a problem with how Belloc manages to convince him. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's like, you know, all I want is the girl. Mm-hmm. Right? And he says to him, you know, this is history. You can't destroy it. And you're, I was like, you're gonna give mercenaries a bad name. <laughs> Because he swallows a bug. He flo- swallows a fly. Yeah. Yeah. No, but yeah. Again, was it worth interrupting me, Jonathan? No. Your persistence surprises even me. You're going to give mercenaries a bad name. What do you think of that? How easy it was to convince him? Just blow it up! Blow it back to God. All your life has been spent in pursuit of archaeological relics. Inside the Ark are treasures beyond your wildest aspirations. You want to see it open as well as I. Indiana, we are simply passing through history. This, this is history. Do as you will. I mean, look, I know that most normal viewers don't know that Temple of Doom takes place before Mm -hmm. Raiders. And the, it basically has no bearing on anything. Yeah. Um, but if you think about his character trajectory, and, and there's a, a distinct possibility that Harrison Ford uh, did it this way, is that in Temple of Doom, he's looking for fortune and glory, and he'd probably sell his mo- own mother up the river. He's like a little bit mm-hmm. more of a rogue. Okay. Um, and in Raiders, at the beginning of Raiders, he's like, what are you trying to do? Scare me? I don't believe in all that hocus pocus you know, he's he's not a believer. He's not developed that part of himself yet where when you get to Last Crusade, 
he's he's more about the the people rather yeah. than the artifact mm-hmm. i'm just here to find my father and you know like uh, elsa give me your other hand honey i can't hold on to you you know like all that stuff yeah. i think the uh, the the desire uh to to see the ark open the desire for for the for the artifact to be preserved is stronger than him uh, at this stage in his life and that to me makes it sort of valid that's a really good insight, Johnny. I really like that because I didn't ever think about the character trajectory of Temple. Of I mean, Doom. look, even if you take the character trajectory out of it, you could just look at him as a uh, as an archaeologist who has a who has a, a lifelong love for antiquities, right? And, and, and that it's was just what like I that thought you were going to talk about, right? Is that yeah. you know, okay, yeah. So, so but I'm it's saying just it works on it, it works on both levels. But that's a really, really I've never even, thought even about even though that the subsequent before. movies are retroactive. Yeah, but, I, no, uh, but I yeah. never thought about that before, and I also never thought about that great, great comment about the the people being more important to him and. In the Last Crusade, and then well, in the end, that's why it's three acts of a of a perfect structure. Because at the end of uh, at the end of Last Crusade, he finds his he finds and reconnects with with, with his, his father, father and, yeah. and they ride off into the sunset. And that really, like Spielberg has said countless times, that should have been it. Yeah, and mm. I've also said countless times that that should have been it. Right. I think everybody's said countless times that that should have been it. Right, and I I would have been quite happy. Like I don't need to see old Indiana Jones. I so, don't so need to know thing. what becomes of him. This is the thing. If Ghostbusters Afterlife had been a bad film and it had been entirely uh, legacy centric, mm. then and, and meaning uh, the cast of Bill Murray and mm-hmm. and, uh, and and Dan Aykroyd and, and Ernie Hudson, then it would have been much more of a blow, I think, because yeah. it contains the original uh, cast. Mm-hmm. However, it turned out to be a really good movie, so that's got nothing to do with it. But um, but if you think about Ghostbusters Answer the Call, I can take that or leave it because it's something that's completely new Yeah. within that world. So my... You're saying you would have liked to have seen a Chris Pratt, Indiana Jones My movie. preference would have been that if Crystal Skull had been bypassed mm-hmm. and had never happened, it wouldn't have been the worst thing. And if somebody else had started from scratch and, st- and taken the up 30s. the... In the 30s, whatever it is, and taken up the mantle of Indiana Jones and made it its own separate thing, not continuing on, but an entire reboot, mm-hmm. then it, to me, it would have been something where you could say, you know, kind of like the the J.J. Abrams Star, Star Trek movies, that, like, it's its own separate thing. Yeah. It would have been really interesting to have seen a, you know, a, a different actor. Yeah. I don't know that I would have accepted that anymore, but again... It depends on the MacGuffin and the script and the true, character work true, and all of that stuff. If they I'm would have done all that right, then it doesn't really matter to me. Although Harrison Ford was Indiana Jones, right? Like, I think but that what I'm really saying is that to... the that the that Harrison Ford had had said all he needed to say about Indiana Jones, yeah. and Spielberg had said all he needed to say about Indiana Jones, and that's that's why I say that Crystal Skull is a good Spielberg movie, but it's a bad Indiana Jones movie because it's. You know, they, they, their hearts weren't in it. Spielberg also said that he's, you know, he had to go back to a style of filmmaking that that was, you know, something that his younger self would have done and his current self was, com- yeah. was completely alien to him, no pun intended. Um, and also Janusz Kaminski had to approximate a shooting style that was not his own. Yeah. Because uh, Douglas Slocum gave the indie movies a very different look to what Crystal Skull looks like. And and I just think that um that that's why it's disappointing because you you do put it on a pedal stool. It's up there because it's not only an Indiana Jones movie, but it's a uh, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, Harrison Ford, Karen Allen, um John Williams, 
you know, Steven Spielberg movie written by David Kep. It's got so much going for it that you would expect it to be pitch perfect, and it isn't. Um, and it and it's a shame because it is possible to reboot something like I don't hate Man of Steel. Like I I have a lot of problems with the way that they right. present the Superman lore. Yeah, the mythos. Yeah. His his he is Nobody a good cares, Superman, Q-X. and it's you know it's it's. That there's a lot of there's a lot of issues with that movie, but I also don't like the fact that they keep calling him Jor or L at the beginning. Jor, yeah, yeah, no, like like Cal, she calls she Jor. calls him she calls him Jor, and uh, and Zod calls him L. Mm-hmm. Oh no, the the, like the council name, calls him yeah. L. Yeah, um, no, but whatever, it doesn't matter because like I I accept the fact that that is a different continuity. And a different, uh, yeah. a different, Again, a different interpretation. It's, it's and fine. And I, I hold that separately to the Christopher Reeve movies. And you can also, if you look at Tyler Hochin and yeah. his Superman, yeah. uh, get, forget all the the teen angst and all that stuff. Yeah. He's a really good Superman, and she's a really good Lois. Mm-hmm. It's again, it's it's someone else taking it on and and then portraying it in a different way. Right. And that's that's fine. I think the I think the um, you know, they could have done what you've just suggested. We've we've gone on way too long. Yeah, we've we gone way over over budget. I'm and, really and, sorry. And run out of time. Let's keep going. Okay, Tushbacher. Yeah. So this <laughs> this comes from uh, our longtime listener, Shakas. Right. I knew who, that this was going to come up because this is actually a a, a blessing. Uh, I think from the yeah. high priest. So when Belloc opens the Ark, it's he in says Aramaic, a right? Prayer, and yeah. it's the Brich Shmer that's right. said by Ashkenazi Jews when right. they open the Ark, like the what's holding the the Torahs. Right. I know that I sound like I'm not Jewish. I'm right. trying to not use the Hebrew words. Yeah, no, you're trying to explain. Go, go for it. NCSY. Go, I don't go for really it. want to. <laughs> um, but you know, we when when we stand in the in a synagogue, you yes, um, and in front the, of the 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 cupboard that we call the cupboard a, an that ark, we call an ark yeah. right? It's, Which holding, it's not the same thing as the ark of the covenant, it's but holding it's holding the, the Torah scrolls. Torah scrolls, yeah, Torah, yes. Torah. Uh, it's holding, it's holding that no Galgado, Galgado. Um, so you yeah. know that the you know you 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 stand up in front of it and you say like uh, a really long prayer, right? Part of that prayer is what Belloc is saying when he's right. opening the ark. And that's something that Shakas uh, wanted to contribute to the episode. So thank you very much for writing in. Yes. And um, and you're the only one. You're the only one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, like Tiggers. Um, so, yeah. I always love that. I love that. Again, this is going back to sort of uh, what, what I guess the Americans would call Sunday school. Mm. Um, that, um, you know, there's the... There's all of that learning that we did when we were kids. You know, we were always taught about all of the all of this stuff about the way that the that the 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 rituals used to be done in the in the temple yeah. before it was destroyed. What the high priest by the Romans. was wearing. Yeah, what the high priest was wearing, and it goes the the uh, the Torah goes into great detail about those rituals about the breastplate the 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 high priest breastplate and the and the, and the garments and the and it. the headgear and everything and it's so and that's what belloc is wearing it's so accurately realized and it's uh, it's exactly what i remember from uh, from learning in school how does it ma- how does that make you feel when you watch that that scene so a lot of times when I see something uh, Jewish represented in, uh, in movies i cringe yeah. because a lot of the times it's it's you except know except for 
Mrs. Maisel. Mrs. Maisel. Mrs. Yeah. Maisel. Exactly. Yeah. I was saying that there to There are a few cringe moments saying, in, uh, in there Mrs. Are, Maisel. But they're yeah. always funny. Like, there, yeah. there are several moments where, where I turned to her and I said, I think this is the only time when I, as a Jew, am able to stomach watching right. Americans playing Jews yeah. or not Jews. On, you so, know. I mean, look, I'm, I'm... Let's do the horror. Yeah, so... Fuck <laughs> so, Babs, uh, you know, I don't think this is going to come as a shock to you, but I'm not religious at all i am but i don't believe in any of it right so um so i do like, it out of respect for the wife for the wife yeah but uh the, the wife and i we we you know we sort of uh, cherry pick what we do and uh and it's kind of you know go with your go with your go with what you want to do kind mm-hmm. of thing but uh but i i personally am not particularly religious but i have a very strong foundation that i was brought up with some might say had it hammered into me um but it's uh but like you know that there's a certain amount of knowledge that i have and when you see something that is represented badly yeah. uh in in uh in film it's uh it's it, it makes me cringe yeah me too. um and this particular thing is like it's it's in an indiana jones movie and it's very accurate and it makes me go this is making that thing that i hated learning about really cool yeah <laughs> Um, there's yeah. there's almost a, a desecration that he's wearing the high priest's uniform. Yeah, it's definitely a desecration, which is like yeah. an extra sort of nail in his coffin, as it were. Yeah, uh, and um, then and then uh, you've got the 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 classic melting, shrinking faces. Yeah, I, my wife, I, I wanted to to talk to her about this as well because she always said to me. We we went a few years, like about five or six years ago, we went to see uh, Indiana Jones in concert. Mm, yeah, the, that yeah. was great. That was really, it? really that good. Was the best. It was really good. And I said, I said to you that, like, you know, I've got the Blu-rays. At the time, I had the Blu-rays. Now I've got the 4Ks. But I said to you that I, I would really. It's great that w- what I've got. But I would really love for the Jerusalem Philharmonic to come and play it in my living room every time I watch I was, it. I, I was um, really skeptical when she invited, and I was like, yeah, but these things here are never yeah. good. And it's just gonna bum me out, and we're sitting there, and it's uncomfortable, and we're waiting for it. Such an experience. And you know, they turned off the lights, and the you know, the the opening and the music, and it was just so good. Yeah. And I was like, I've never experienced anything like this. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. The same orchestra a year later did Back to the Future. Yeah. And I and I I was sitting. I was sitting like it was in a park and uh, and there was no seating left. Uh, and I was sitting on the floor right underneath the stage. Yeah. And I, I can post a picture as well so you can see like I was right next to the orchestra. Yeah. And it was amazing. I'm so unhappy that I couldn't go to that. I could see the, the conductor up close and he was enjoying himself so much. <laughs> I bet he was. Yeah. I bet you would. Yeah. I would very much like to see you in it. A better one. Uh, <laughs> very good. So that was, I, I think, I'm not, I'm sure my wife had seen it before that, but like we went to see the, that was the first time we'd seen it together. And she said to me that she loves the movie, but she's always thought the ending is weird. And I wanted to get, you know, I wanted to get her thoughts on that. And I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll record her. I'll, I'll ask, just, her just ask her about it. Just ask her about it. And I'll put it in here. Plunk it in. Yeah. But like, 
what do you know a little bit about what she thinks like i why think it, it's i weird? think because you've suddenly got you know everything everything else in the in the movie is sort of steeped in uh realism in, in realism and then suddenly you've got these ghosts coming out but of the that's arc, what's so and the face is melting which is incredible which is much more violent than anything that's come before it and it's very out it's very kind of grand guignol and outlandish um but and that's I what think makes that, all of these treasure right. hunt movies so good yeah when is the, they're trifling with some with forces that they when the elemental understand. powers yeah are revealed to be real yeah. and dangerous yeah and i i know i keep on pointing to it but the uncharted you know yeah. games mm-hmm. um you know it's in, in the fourth one they managed to forego that entirely yeah. like it's all real realistic and you know they they find the massive treasure you know the ship the right. ship that's been sunken with the treasure um that's its own payoff like national treasure there's mm-hmm. no there's no um supernatural element to it right. right the treasure is real so i got i got national treasure vibes from the fourth one but the first three all have mystical elements that right. fuck with the with the bad guys at the end right, right? Um, and it's such a great scene, and it's so scary. It's brilliant, and and also that was another thing was uh, I was transfixed. I was filming certain scenes during the uh, the uh, the concert, mm. um, but during that scene, I was like, I was I don't know why, but every time I see that scene, I end up sitting on the edge of my seat yeah, and I'm watching too. it in, in transfixed. And my wife, knowing that I would probably want it, filmed it for me. Hey. and it's uh it's it's just like seeing that live it just gave me chills it gave me shivers it was yeah, amazing it was great it's so great so i want to get her i want to get her opinion on why she thinks that it's weird drop page warbucks continue recording already now no now i'm recording no. shake it off yeah. you're gonna be fine so introduce yourself tell me what your credentials are <laughs> in this field okay so my name is michal or michelle i'm your or wife mahal as people that can't pronounce it say yeah or mahal yeah. and i'm your wife really for some time long suffering uh, um my credentials i went to film school and then i got my ba and i did a lot of work paperwork and the game on the game so you want to talk about the game <laughs> Let's talk about the game in Michael Douglas. I can't talk about the game anymore. The game's been ruined for me because of you. Well, so next time, if anybody wants to hear about the game and the American people culture, so you're very welcome to contact Johnny and he'll host me again. <laughs> so the reason why I wanted to record you today was because uh, you have a very specific opinion about the ending of Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is the movie that Sai and I are talking about this week. So do you want to tell me why, what the opinion is and why you think that? Okay, so I know you make fun of me every time I say maybe it's Israeli, but every time you find something unique or a little different than what we thought it should be, we say that it's weird. Yeah, it's a very Israeli thing. Yeah. Okay, so the ending is weird. I'll tell you why. Okay. Okay. So you come to this really fun movie, a lot of adventure, and I was so hooked. And I loved the script, and I loved the characters, and I loved everything about it. I had so much fun, and then I get to the end, and I'm all of a sudden in a different movie. 
Okay. And, and then I got confused because where am I? Right. So they're opening like a casket. They're opening the Ark of the Covenant. Yes. Right? And then there is like this huge light coming out of it. Right. And whoever sees the light. And then and, and the ghosts. <clears throat> and the ghost. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. And then there's a ghost. Yeah. When you watch a movie and the first like 10 minutes or the introduction, you have some sort of a contract with the director or the screenwriter mm -hmm. about which genre you're in. And you can't break that contract so late mm -hmm. in the movie. Okay, well, I mean, there is, a, there is some kind of context to it in that they spend a lot of the movie kind of building up the, the terrible power of the Ark. And, you know, the, and also there's, uh, you know, in the Torah, like we, you know, we, Sai and I just talked about this. Well, it was a week ago, but listener, you're hearing it like just before this. We talked about how uh, if in the, in the temple... If you were to look at the ark, that you would die if you were not holy enough. If you weren't like a high priest. Right, you would die, but I'm not sure that your face would melt. <laughs> or right? shrink. Or shrink. Or explode. Or there will be a ghost. <laughs> you should stick to the genre you're in. Like if you're in a specific uh, story, then the rules are X, Y, Z. But if you're in a different kind of a story, the I mean, you wouldn't see melting faces in, in a romantic comedy. Or maybe you would. It maybe depends. one of our <laughs> one of your listeners would want to do something like that. But I mean, there is, there you are. You heard it here first. <laughs> there are rules that that the audience expects from from the movie, mm -hmm. right? And you shouldn't break that in the middle or towards the end. Okay, well, that's interesting because, like, I mean, I've I grew up watching this, so to me, it's never been particularly jarring. But I guess if you're coming to it later in life and you've got a certain outlook on how a movie should be, but to me, it's uh, it's the the Nazis comeuppance, and it's uh, it's you know, to me, when I was a kid, it was cool. So it's okay that the evil gets like a horrible death, or like a, right. if you say that the, the good. As there is something now that we talk about it, there is something very um i don't know i would want to say like simple and black and white that mm -hmm. like the good gets good and the the bad guys get like bad stuff and i'm okay with karma that. you're talking about karma uh, yeah i don't know it's very like jewish you know in a way karma's jewish the, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that if you're a good if you're a good person then thing only not only good things but good things will come to you ah, right so it's it's what it's what's called in hebrew uh, mida connected mida right like what you give yeah what you give is what you get right right so it's okay that they die or that they get like a horrible death and maybe it's maybe it's i haven't thought about it but you can talk about the relationship of spielberg with the jewish history right and the fact that he has some historical movies that talk about specifically the Germans. In the Holocaust, yeah. The but this Holocaust. is before he sort of rediscovered his roots. Like he was denying his roots for a long time before Schindler's List. That's also interesting well, how his views are different before and after he rediscovered yeah. his, his roots. Yeah. I mean, how... What? Which is why also the uh, the um, when we watched uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, it's the Russians and not the Nazis, because Spielberg didn't feel like he could tackle the Nazis in such a pulpy way anymore, like sort of post Schindler's List. It's okay that they will be punished. It's just that the way that they're being punished is 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 not the same language as the rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. Okay, I would say that that's uh, that's what bothers me and it makes me feel like. 
hold on, that's weird. Why would he kill them in that way and not something? I mean, he goes to like a supernatural element. Yeah. And what does that mean? Mm-hmm. What's the, the meaning behind that? All of the Indiana Jones movies have uh, supernatural elements in them and they normally show up towards the end. But I guess Raiders of the Lost Ark is what set that precedent in the first place. So your issue in general is just the, is just the genre switch. That's a... Okay. Well, I think I got my answer. Next time, the game. <laughs> Next time, the game. Back to you, Cy and Johnny, in the past. Drop page. Warbucks continue. What are your opinions on, you know, the keep your eyes shut thing? I've always loved I, that. I, I thought it was great because it's like he he uh he's saying like you know we're seeing raw power of god right, right. so don't look at it you know it's right like, but like your eyes i think that the, 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 the there's been a lot of discussion that i've seen that people have said that it's uh it's there's there's no precedent for him knowing that uh, that he should close his eyes well, I but think at the there same is. time he's an archaeologist and he's very knowledgeable, and I just think that he would know. No, or that there's, he would there's be reasoning behind it too. I yeah, think yeah, right yeah. is that you know in in sort of like the holy of holies mm-hmm. in the temple uh, where the ark of the covenant was was covenant was um, kept. Right. Um, if the high priest did not do all of the rituals or whatever it was i'm i'm not very good at this we yeah, can yeah. ask our dad to no, come on yeah. if you want but you know no. if they were to peek behind the curtain or, or whatever it was mm. uh they would die right right you have to be worthy of seeing right so this is the, the in, this the is the interpretation I, of how they how they would die i i believe that that indiana jones would know that that he would know the law yeah. surrounding it exactly i've never thought about it before i've really never thought about it before until somebody mentioned it online yeah and also by the way each baddie each of the three the the trifecta of they baddies die they die differently uh tote Dietrich's head shrinks shrinks yeah like kind of Belloc's head explodes, explodes and, and tote, tote melts melts yeah um which such is a just clever brilliant. effect and all of the that. nazis get lightning through them yeah it's just great. The ILM ghosts uh, are brilliant yeah, as well. Really um, I love the uh, the wee wee that uh, you know in in uh, in John Williams' score there. Um, yeah, it's just it's just because it goes horror very very quickly. Yeah. I love that scene. Speaking of which, the whole thing with the, you know, with people mentioning online things about, uh, you know, keep your eyes shut and whatever. Uh, there's also the uh, the Big Bang Theory theory that uh, the people keep bringing up about how Indy has absolutely no effect on the plot. And mm-hmm. if he would have just stepped back, then it would have all played out exactly the same way. Indiana Jones plays no role in the outcome of the story. Like, if he weren't in the film, it would turn out exactly the same. Oh. I see your confusion. You don't understand. Indiana Jones was the one in the hat with the whip. No, I do. And if he weren't in the movie, the Nazis would have still found the Ark, taken it to the island, opened it up, and all died. Just like they did. The movie is so damn good that even if that were true, it doesn't make any difference to my enjoyment of it whatsoever. But but why is that even a point of contention? It's not. I've always said there's like... It doesn't matter because you're along for the ride. You're yeah. you're you're there for the adventure, and if you're not there for the adventure, what are you there for? Right. 
but the but so that's the thing like it doesn't matter if he succeeded or not but he was he spent the entire time trying to stop the nazis getting the up yeah. that's why he's there but also um it's his intentions also marion would have been killed in the bar at the beginning yeah they would have uh, gotten to the ark a lot sooner because yeah. they would have di- been digging in the in the right place um, and uh, they would have opened the ark on the island, and then and, the, and people knew that they were there. And then the U.S. government would have wouldn't have gotten hold of the ark. They yeah. would have sent more Nazis to go and get the ark later on, and uh, and they would have uh, they they would have tried to use it, you know, for their for their own yeah. ends. So in in reality, the fact that Indy was there along for the ride the entire way through prevented them from, from uh, getting it later. from getting it to the to the to the Führer. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, they 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 did affect it because at the end it ended up in uh, in the warehouse in Area Fifty One, and which uh, is not Area Fifty One because I refuse to to acknowledge, acknowledge that. <laughs> I really like how if we go back to the score for a second, there's mm-hmm. like a you know the awe, right? Yeah. So it's beautiful, right? We're kind of mm-hmm. being told what's it, what we're supposed to feel by right. the character and by John Williams. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly. When the angel of death changes its face to this skull, we, the audience, and Belloc are making this awful realization that something's gone horribly wrong and that they're in trouble. And I just, again, it's all about the plotting and the pacing and how these things are delivered to you, that it's all done with such care and, and careful plotting. And I love it. Okay. Wow, that was... I'm done with my... Top. Oh, wait. Top. Man. Man. Is that what you wrote there? Yep, that's what I wrote there with a a full stop in between and everything. We have top men working on it right now. Who? Top men. The warehouse. Yeah, I wrote at the end of this that I love this movie so much that I could quite easily, and this is rare for me, I could quite easily just go right back to the beginning straight away and watch it again. Yeah. I don't know if I could do that right away, but I could do it now. It's been two weeks. I'll watch it again. Crystal Skull. Mm. The reason why this go round, and also the last time I watched it, um, I can sort of forgive it, is because it's so unlikely that a movie as perfectly realized as Raiders uh, should be repeated again twice. Mm-hmm. Spielberg managed to recapture that formula twice. Raiders, as I said, is ahead above the the, the other two, but um, but he was able to capture that magic twice uh, after that. And uh, the odds are so much against it that it just Crystal Skull just didn't really have a chance. Yeah. Especially coming back to it so many years later, there's a reason why Raiders tops frequently, um, you know, best uh, all-time action movie lists, uh, adventure movie lists. It's the granddaddy of the adventure movie, and all of these movies that Uncharted and Tomb Raider and National Treasure, like uh, all of those, like even Sahara, all of those movies owe a massive debt to Raiders. And uh, Romancing the Stone as well. Romancing the Stone is an example that gets it, you know, right by changing it. Like making it, you know, a love story. But the reason why Romancing the Stone exists is because three years earlier, Mm -hmm. Spielberg came out with Raiders. I had a harder time forgiving Crystal Skull. I know know that it's like, that's the popular opinion is not to like it. Um, But I think that's with good reason. I think that when was one of those situations where they really should have just left it well enough alone. Yeah. It's it's unforgivable, and I think it was back then when it came out. I think it it's unforgivable to have such wonderful blueprints in front of you and ignore it so blatantly. 
Um, I, I, again, I would I would blame uh, Lucas for most of that. I don't stuff. know that you can because. You know, we like to blame George Lucas for a lot of things. No, when, but when he's, he's, he's admitted it to it. Like the the, the raw yeah, the elements that uh, that people generally complain about the gophers, the, the CGI monkeys. gophers, the monkeys. The uh, but Spielberg was there and he was able to fight him on it. He was, but I don't think he wanted to because Lucas uh, birthed Indiana Jones as his baby. Basically, Spielberg has always considered himself as much as his his vision permeates through the entire series. Mm-hmm. Um, he has always considered himself as a director for hire. So, uh, so yeah, I, I would say that he would probably have bent to his will on a lot a of lot things. Easier. Yeah, but like, look, the the thing is that what's interesting is that you and I, and I, and I've heard uh, other people talk about this as well, uh, in exactly the same way. It's an interesting phenomenon. Is that when we left the uh, cinema city mm. in two thousand eight, mm-hmm. after having seen Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, we were like, it's all right, that was fun. I wasn't. Yeah, you, we were. You were. I was. You were. I remember enjoyed being it. depressed about it. We enjoyed it. Maybe maybe a fridge a logic hours kicked later, in. Yeah. yeah. But like a lot of people were like, no, 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 that was all right. Until they kind of thought about, thought it, about it, it or yeah. saw it again. Same and then it was thing, like, yeah. It? And then flash. it was like, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it's just, a, it's an interesting thing. But Do you know um, what it is? It's the lingering feeling of, I just wanted an Indiana Jones movie. And you're right. kind of like, uh, did I get one? Kind of. Because there are scenes in that movie that are very good. Yeah. And I think if the alien hadn't come to life at the end, and if we hadn't seen the the flying saucer, yeah, if we hadn't had that shitty CGI, if, you know, it had been maybe an alien artifact and not a skeleton, I don't know. It it definitely jumps the shark in the the last act. In the finale, yeah. Yeah, in the last act. Um, although Which I apparently, I, according I like to the, reviews, the car chase, even yeah. though you know CGI notwithstanding, and the monkeys yeah. and whatnot, and, and I, I like the sword fight's yeah. pretty good. I like uh, Matt's theme as well. Also, they the, in the in the interval uh, when we went to see Raiders in concert, they played that theme. Yeah. Anyway, I I like most of that movie. That's the thing. I like most of the movie, but it does, you know, it does jump the shark. Yeah. Unfortunately, it, yeah. uh, it, you know, nuked the fridge. Yeah. Shall we uh, go to the corner? Yes, let's go. Trivia, Trivia corner. corner. I believe I mentioned this in a previous episode somewhere, but uh, traditionally, uh, when one of his films is about to open, George Lucas uh, goes on vacation to get away from all the hoopla. Mm-hmm. As Star Wars, uh, the first Star Wars episode Don't he and four, Spielberg go together? They do now, uh-huh. but uh, but this was this was his thing. Like so, when Star Wars was just about to open, Lucas went to Hawaii, uh, and he was joined by Steven Spielberg. And when the grosses for Lucas's film came in, and it was clear that it was going to be a hit, uh, Lucas relaxed and was able to discuss other topics with his friend. It was at this point that Spielberg confessed that he'd always wanted to direct a James Bond film. Uh, so you've got the like. It's just I'm I'm imagining the two of them in deck chairs on the beach, yeah. kind of discussing this thing that's going to become iconic yeah um and and i'm talking about really iconic not how the kids use it they today couldn't have known. wow that glass of soda is iconic no it's not it's a fucking glass of soda could you stop using iconic in the same way that you would use literally anyway i, I keep getting confronted with this nonsense it's this, yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah oh yeah he's so riz riz charisma what the fuck is that all about it's it's um it's laziness is what it is bare-faced laziness or is it liz liz 
Anyway, so Spielberg says that he wanted to direct a Bond movie, and he said that uh, Lucas said that he had a better idea, and that's how Indiana Jones was uh, was uh, was born. He was originally Indiana Smith. Mm. The famous scene in which Indy shoots uh, what's written here a marauding and flamboyant swordsman <laughs> was not in the original script. Harrison Ford was supposed to use his whip to get the sword out of his attacker's hands, but the food poisoning he and the rest of the crew had uh, had gotten in Tunisia made him too sick to perform the stunt. And uh, after several unsuccessful tries, Ford suggested just shooting the sucker. And uh, Spielberg immediately took him up on the idea, and the scene was filmed. And uh, that is uh, called back in Temple of Doom as well, where he, uh, you know, there's a swordsman, and he goes looking for his gun. And, uh, which that. is it's it's a funny little thing yeah. because uh, you know obviously Temple of Doom is canonically uh, takes place before Raiders, but uh, there's a callback to Raiders, which is it's funny. Um, it's it's yeah. interesting how so many times I still that laugh story... at that. By the way, <laughs> yeah, so do I. The out of control airplane uh, during that uh, that whole uh, the the bomber sequence, mm-hmm. um, it actually ran over Harrison Ford's knee, tearing a ligament in his left oh, leg. Oh damn. Yeah. Luckily for him, the heat had turned the rubber tires uh, soft and it didn't crush the bone. Oh, my God. Uh, so uh, rather than submit to Tunisian health care, that's what's written here. They flew him home? <laughs> no. Um, th- he uh, he had his knee wrapped in ice and he carried on. Fucking hell. Yeah. That's why I included this because I-, I want everybody to know that uh, while Vic Ford's Armstrong while Rick- Vic Armstrong did his stunts Harrison Ford is a badass when Brody goes to Indy's house to discuss the mission Jones is dressed in a way he- the way he is in a dressing gown because he is entertaining a young woman in his bedroom is he really apparently the script originally planned to show her before moving to the next scene to give Indy a more worldly persona like James Bond uh, kind of thing like uh, you know like with, in, with, with M coming into the house and yeah, he's got the girl and in die. the closet exactly yeah. Yeah, uh, Miss and he's Caruso, or he's with a lady. <laughs> he's necking with her. Um, however, her appearance was cut. Steven Spielberg thought that being a playboy did not fit with Indy's character, and he is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, this also helps explain while why several of the coeds fawn over Jones and why one girl wrote "I love you" on her eyelids. But his reaction to it is very kind surprised, of awkward and geeky yeah. and surprised. Um, and I think that, that that was the the right choice. And X never ever. Marks the spot. Right. You were talking about the the body blows, the punches. Yes. Uh, you want to know how they were created? Mm-hmm. They were created by hitting a pile of leather jackets with a baseball bat. Awesome. Yep. Harrison Ford actually outran the boulder in the opening sequence. It was uh, made of fiberglass. Uh, because the scene was shot twice from five different angles, he had to outrun it ten times. Jesus. Ford's stumble in the scene was deemed to look authentic and was left in, but I, I think it was an accident. Um, and, and I would imagine that that, that massive fiberglass boulder probably could have hurt him yeah so again i would like to say that was not become strong that was harrison ford and he's a badass steven spielberg and melissa matheson uh wrote a script during shooting matheson was there to visit her husband harrison ford at the time Mm. and spielberg dictated to her a story idea that he had that script was eventually called et the extraterrestrial can you imagine the 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 sheer magic of creativity that the 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 incredible indelible um cultural significance of that time mm-hmm. of of what was being created by like i mean they, they were on the set of raiders of the lost ark writing the script for et yeah that's just brilliant 
Uh, Alfred Molina's first credited uh, screen role was in this movie. His first scene on his first day of filming involved being covered with tarantulas. Apparently, they had to the the tarantulas were very sleepy and they wouldn't do anything, and they had to wake him. They had to wake them up with a female. Um, and then they started scrambling Jesus all over Christ. the place. It's <laughs> <laughs> an interesting piece of trivia. Yeah. What a funny story. Yes. The sacred idol of the Hovitos, you could warn them if only you spoke Hovitos, of which uh, Dr. Jones takes possession at the beginning of the film, is apparently a fertility goddess. It's a molten image of a woman squatting down and giving birth. And if you look closely at it, yeah, that's what it is. Jesus. Lovely. I didn't know about that. Yeah. Thank you for telling me and the viewers, listeners, because they're not viewing it. They're not listeners. The listeners. Yeah. About this. Hmm. Words are difficult at midnight. Yeah. The monkey raising his paw um, and saying in his own language, meaning in monkey language, Heil Hitler, <laughs> was thought out by George Lucas and is one of Steven Spielberg's two favorite scenes in the movie. The other one is the, uh, where doesn't it hurt? Apparently Frank Marshall said that they got the monkey to do the Nazi salute by putting a grape on a fishing pole and getting the monkey to reach for the grape, <laughs> which was dangling just out of camera range. And apparently this took about 50 takes before it actually looked like a Nazi salute. <laughs> Never work with children or animals, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you voice- just imagine Steven Spielberg sitting there going, nope. No, let's do it again. That was the one. So the monkey was voiced by... Frank Welker. Welker. Yeah, exactly. He also did the voice of Abu. Mm-hmm. If you, uh, like in 1992 for Aladdin. Um, but it's written here the spider monkey in Disney's Aladdin. What the fuck? Where does that come from? What's Why is he a spider monkey? Is he a spider monkey? <laughs> I don't know. You really have to vet your information it's and start fucking... doing some edits while you're working. Oh my here. God, it's so fucking let's do it midnight. live. It's, yeah. it's midnight? Yeah. During the Well of Souls scene, snake handler Stephen Edge served as the double for Marion's legs. Now, you remember you remember that uh, that when Rachel Weisz yeah, is on the ladder that, yeah. in uh, the begin in the library at the beginning of man. the Mummy, it's it's the wide shot is a bloke. Yeah, it's stupid. He's a bloke. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this is what that made me think of. According to Edge, Karen Allen's stunt double refused to stand in amongst the snakes. Not Karen Allen herself. Her stunt double refused well, I, to do I it. I believe that when they <laughs> said to Karen Allen that she'd be standing in a pile full of snakes, she was like, no, I'm not getting anything that moves. No, please, no trace. No, Why no, is she? Because it's fucking midnight, okay? <laughs> Can we get on with it? So Steven Spielberg offered uh, offered this guy, Steven Edge, the chance by uh, asking him if he was willing to shave his legs and put on a dress. <laughs> For the scene in which Indy is face-to-face with a hooded cobra, Edge says, snake handlers induce the cobra to uh, to hood, which mm-hmm. is when it like, spreads, out its, mm-hmm. uh, it spreads out its thing, uh, with a toy rabbit held just out of frame. Edge noted that unlike Indiana, Harrison Ford is not afraid of snakes. Um, and the last bit of trivia here is that the pilot of, of flying the, the bomber that gets hit over the head by Karen Allen is Frank Marshall, producer Frank Marshall, who is married mm. to current uh, um, Disney... Uh, uh, Lucasfilm head uh, Kathleen Kennedy. All the stuntmen. Kennedy. All the stuntmen. This this Tunisia shoot sounds like a clusterfuck. Yeah. All the stuntmen were sick on the day that Marion hits the pilot of the flying wing over the head. So producer Frank Marshall agreed to do it. Unfortunately for him, the shot took three days, and a lot of it involved him sitting in a cockpit that was in excess of 100 degrees. Jesus. And that's all I've got for trivia. Trivia. Come with me and step into the spine-tingling confusion known as size rambling cavalcade of nonsense. 
when talking about VFX, we've got practical effects and we've got visual effects. Which I feel are more fun to talk about than... The practical effects, you mean? No, I'm saying it's more fun to talk about than today's uh, CGI. Yeah. Um, so, very briefly, because this information is just widely available, um, the, the thing that yeah, I... Yeah, so just Google it. What the, the fuck are you asking thing, us for? The thing that is the most... No, I'm saying if you want to get more in-depth about it, you can watch a video on YouTube about how exactly they made the melting face thing happen. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, but what they had was a uh, skull that was made of stone. They did a cast of um, the actor's face, mm-hmm. um, much like they do with, with most things with prosthetics nowadays. Right. Um, and they worked with different, um, like a different, like he, the, they made like a recipe for gelatin that would um, melt, that would yeah. melt at a certain temperature. Um, and they coated this skull. Uh, they, they made several layers um you know they made like a skin layer and a blood layer and a, right. you know the, the other liquidy kind of layer they had heaters on it and yeah. they melted it and it took and about they, 10 minutes yeah, and, and then, then they, they cranked sped it. up yeah. they sped up the footage mm-hmm. such an ingenious way and apparently people still call him now and they say like you know the guy who who pioneered right. this idea and they say like that's such a great thing how did you do it what was the recipe again like you know because right. it's such a great effect um and What's really great about that shot is that because it's all practical and because the clothes are on it and everything, the hat slides down as the yeah. as the skin sort of drains away right. and falls down over the skull because it's not being supported anymore. And it's like, would that be something that they really think about? Like if they were to do it in CG, like how would that work? Like it's just so, so natural looking. Yeah. And so it just sells the effect. That is what sells the effect. That's what's so, so horrifying about it. Yeah, yeah. It's so, and it's such, a, think about how simple that is that it, it it's not simple. It's, it was a natural thing that yeah. occurred, you know, once it, you know, once it had melted, but it, it's what makes it so unsettling. Right. It's so good. As for the rest of the effects in that scene, there was something I read about a water tank. Yeah, so the the finale when the Ark of the Covenant uh, has the spectacular supernatural event as as written on the ILM website, uh, it was achieved via a clever mix of small gossamer puppets filmed in a water tank and a variety of optical effects. Mm-hmm. The sequence used every trick in the book. So you've got yourself a water tank to make it look more ethereal and floaty, which is right. still being used nowadays. Didn't they use that for the Dementors? Um, in uh, or, or no, that's entirely CG. They right. did something in, in Harry Potter where they used a tank and they... Or was it not that? I don't know. I'm talking through my ass. It's really maybe, late. Maybe it's Goblet. Goblet of Fire. Mm-hmm. Maybe. But there's like... there's They definitely use it now and, and, and use it to make things look very unsettling and ethereal. And, and you can also like, see when the, when the sort of the main ghost... Uh, comes yeah. right up to the camera. You've got like a chromatic aberration yeah, around yeah. the around the out around the outside, and you can see that that the camera has kind of filmed through the sort of magnifying glass of a of a of a water tank. Yeah, um, which uh, which gi- which gives it that blurry look. It, so, it's yeah. just it, it just works so well. Yeah. Um, and I then, love those kinds of 80s effects. They're amazing. And then the rest of the effects in the movie are things that we've talked about before on this podcast. You know, with the opticals and matte paintings and. Um, you know the 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 map painting of the warehouse where all of the right. crates are kept at the end. That is a map painting, and it just looks like it's full of depth, and it's it's really well done. It says that more than fifty passes were made on some shots to increase image quality for the film's climactic ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they really back ended, like they really put a lot of effort into that right. that um 
thing. And then, and then the last note that I have here about it is that ILM Special Effects team was honored with the Academy Award for Best Visual Effects for their work on the film. And well-deserved. Yep, yep. well, they should. <laughs> we thank you, the listener. Uh, we hope that this uh, this new format of sobering reflection <laughs> on the situation and careful plotting and no deviation and, and, and just getting to the point of things uh, was to your taste and liking. And uh, we hope that, um, you know, you, you, you enjoy the feeling of your trousers when they're on as well as when they're off. So right. enjoy. <laughs> Donnie's <laughs> face just went so blank. Like he didn't know what to make of that. <laughs> so, <laughs> what? Um, I, I, I just want to say that uh, the, the next time you hear our dulcet tones, we'll be talking about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. If any of you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear us go in depth about the rest of the Indiana Jones movies, because we've got them all planned, if you want to hear us do it, shoot us a line. Just so that we know that there's interest. Yeah, please please don't do that thing that most people do where they get a message and then they go, oh yeah, I'm going to answer that. And then they never do. And then you say <laughs> something to them and they go, oh, I was sure that I'd answered that. I was busy at the time. We've just asked you to do something. Fucking drop what You know that Spotify plays in the background, right? Go onto Facebook. Go onto What's Our Seat Numbers Facebook page. There's also a new thing on Spotify you like, when you can answer Q&A. You can answer Q and A. Yeah, on 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 specific episodes, and you can oh, rate things, right, and you know yeah. why, why aren't people doing that? Yeah, do rate it, it, please. It's so rude because you just listen to all of this content. Maybe that's what it is. We need to have a sobering reflection of the situation <laughs> in order to make people like us. Um, come on, <laughs> come on. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening. What's our seat number? <laughs>